everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. We are back. This is actually the, the closest we've shot two Frame Traps together uh, because I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but we still wanted to give you a Frame Trap. And right next to me, Kyle Bossman was hey, nice enough yeah. to join. And then next to him, we have Bradley Ellis. Hi, 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 hi. Thanks, guys, for being here. I'm going to be your host throughout all of this, Ben Moore. Um, and to open us this up today, uh, I want to talk about a question we get a lot. And I think... As we get into kind of the the middle of summer, it's a good question to ask. So we have to play video games, and I think there's a a natural tug between needing to play stuff for work and wanting to chill out Mm -hmm. and your hobby being your job. Uh, Is that ever something that wears on you guys? Do you ever get burned out? Do you ever need to escape from video games? Sometimes. Sometimes I need a little of a break. Mm -hmm. Like, video games will always be there uh, a little bit, but they're, I'm never cold turkey on video games, I'll say. Yeah. But I'll just play maybe, like, one, and way slower, and way less time chunks when I'm playing it. Something like that. Yeah, for me, I am, uh, the answer is no. Uh, even when I, like, when I was a QA tester and I played games mm-hmm. all day long, uh, I would come home and play more video games. Uh, <laughs> I'd say I'm susceptible to video games, and so when it is time to stop <laughs> playing, it's not because I'm bored, it's like, I need to get stuff done. Uh, no, I don't. I don't get burnt out. There's just too many. Yeah, I actually really agree with what you're saying there, Kyle. I don't get burned out either, but I do find that the way that I play games can change depending on the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes I really want to be involved in video game conversations, right? And I'll want to be like, oh, what was the lore behind this thing? Or, hey, how are people dealing with this? And you'll just want to go online and you want to see all that stuff. But then sometimes I feel like I can get burnt out on opinions. Not that they're necessarily bad. It's just, okay, I'm too immersed in that. And I don't want to read what people are saying. I don't care in this moment. I just want to go and play a game on my own and have it be a one-on-one thing. Or I'll play a lot of a multiplayer game and it'll be really fun. And then that'll be stressful or something. And I'll go and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go play a a huge single-player game and kind of uh, bounce off of that. And so I think... Just because there are so many, like you mentioned, uh, that kind of gives me a lot of space to not get burned out, Yeah, which is really, really nice. Um, is that harder? For, and I don't want to put you in an unfair box here, but you know, you don't really have like multiplayer games as an outlet. That's not an avenue that you go down. Yeah. Um, so how do you kind of find variety in what you're playing? Uh uh, there's a few different games. There's uh, like second screen games where you're playing on your 3DS or your mm-hmm. Switch. Like that's a, like a, just a simple level game. You can still watch TV. You can still watch whatever or listen Steam to whatever. Dig, baby. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think that's a level of game. There's like the sit on my ottoman type of game where I want to be like 12 inches from the TV. Yeah. Um, that's like God of War. Uh, and there are definitely games in between, uh, like the games I'm talking about today, uh, where it's just like uh, your medium range. I'll play this for a little while and then I'll be done. But like, I love watching that on my TV and just uh, spending some time at the end of the day to like relax and enjoy that. For sure. That world. Um, <laughs> speaking of games that have a great world, I actually finished this. I believe it was I finished it on Saturday or Sunday. The days are blurring together. But anyway, I finished it this weekend. Uh, Hollow Knight got the got the ending. I actually on the last episode of Frame Trap, I talked a lot about uh, how I felt about Hollow Knight. Now I've played a lot more of it. Um, and I don't really have other things to say. But Brad, 
Yes. You are playing Hollow Knight. Yes. And it's also very encouraging. Huber messaged me on Slack, and he's like, hey, I just started Hollow Knight. I think it's great. I saw Ian late at night mm-hmm. digging into Hollow Knight, and so we have a lot of, we're going to have a lot of incoming perspectives on Hollow Knight. But Brad, I want to get your take as somebody who's just starting um, the game. Only like three hours in so far. I think this game nails... It's the old thing I remember Kyle used to talking about that I totally agree with is vibes. Mm-hmm. This game's got a vibe, and it nails the vibe. Just this dark, kind of like abandoned city areas with like insects going around. Really great, mu- kind of like almost ambient music, I would say. Like I can't like name a tune in this song, but it, when it goes through the game, it's like perfect for when you're going. Uh, I love, you know, your classic Metroidvanias. This is what it is, dude. Scratch that itch. It's been a long time since I've played a game like this. I think since it's been such a long time, it feels really good to come back. Everything's feeling fresh. I'm not feeling like, eh, I don't really want to look around, get lost forever. But now I'm like, yes, I want to explore and find things on my own right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling it hard. Brad, uh, there are a lot of games that I play, and maybe this is just me, and so I ought to be careful with this question, uh, but there are a lot of games that are like, hey, listen, we've got all of this lore that you can dig into, mm-hmm. and it's awesome, and look at all of this history, and <clears throat> there are a lot of times where I just bounce right off of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, even if I'm trying, I just, for some reason, I can't get invested in what you're trying to sell me. Uh, but in Hollow Knight, uh, you talked about the vibes working for you. And I think part of the vibes working for you is that you're buying into this world. And so yes. what is it about the way Hollow Knight is presenting itself that you think you're able to buy into? I think how it how it like respects its world so much. Like It really takes itself seriously in that sense. Not like an, an annoying way where it's just kind of like snobby or that I would hate from a, like a game taking itself seriously. But it's like... Yes, there are these NPCs here that are meaningful in the story. They impact the world in some way. Mm-hmm. So I would say like that's why mostly. But um, it's hard for me to say all the way because I'm not super far in, and I've only met like a because sure. f- there's like a few NPCs I've met throughout the game. But every time I meet them, they're interesting characters. They're all really different, and uh, like there's there's reasons for meeting them. They, they unlock stuff like that in shops like that. So it's all great. But yeah, I, I need to see more. But what I've seen so far, I do like. Kyle, did you buy into the world of Hollow Knight? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, I, I think that's half the reason I really like it a lot is, yeah, just uh, every area has... A, it's one of those things, every area has a purpose. Every area was thought out to have lore. Um, mm-hmm. The other half, it, maybe not half, but like a thing where I think this differentiates itself from other Metroidvania-type games is when you see an enemy, it's like, hey, man, I want to fight you. Hmm. I, I think of Metroid and just like most of the enemies are like annoying. You think of like Super Metroid, like little flying guys. Yeah, that yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And just like I don't want to, like it's just you're just a, an obstacle in my way to the next area. You know what I mean? You're just like stupid bulbs that are just flopping around. <laughs> but like it just, I wonder if it feels good to slash your nail. Like the nail is really great. I just right. love the the way the weapon yeah, looks. Yeah, this game definitely feels really great and tight playing through yeah. it. Man, I think so much of that uh, has to do with the feedback that Hollow Knight gives you. I love the sound that it makes, that little, like, squish mm-hmm. when you hit an enemy with the nail. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the the physical nature of it, because when you, like, for example, when you down slash up in the air, you bounce off the enemy, and you can yes, use you that can in your attack, kind of and you can keep bouncing on them, and that's really fun, and it... it, it has a convincing sense of weight because it's like, oh, this attack knocked me up a little bit. Or even when you're attacking on the ground, you'll get knocked back. And I, I just love that. It's like, no, I'm swinging this thing. I'm connecting into you. And then I'm, I'm, my body is reacting as a result. And I'm being I pulled to the side. I agree with you on everything except the part about 
attacking on the ground, hmm. you do get kind of knocked back. I don't really like that. Hmm. I understand the the reasoning behind it. It just kind of annoys me that I hit guy and I get pushed back and I gotta go forward again. It's like going like this all the time. It's just like a little thing that bugs me. It definitely took me a long time to get mm-hmm. used to. Um, and you can kind of get into a pattern uh, where I think in like the definitely the back half, the back 50-60% of Hollow Knight, I felt like a lot of times I wasn't ever attacking like specifically on the ground. Either I'd be jumping yes. and hitting uh, horizontally in the air, or I'd be coming downward and hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's some consolation, you can get a charm that makes it so you don't get recoil oh, okay. when you Can you equip you back? Is there a certain amount of those you can equip? Or yes. Is it just, okay, I have two, I think, so mm-hmm. I didn't know if it like maxes out on something. Oh, it'll grow, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah it'll grow. Yeah, you can uh, you can get notches, which will allow you to equip more things at once, and those, you have to work to get mm-hmm. a good number of those. Uh, I think the system where you attack people and you get that meter builds up, yeah. and that's how you heal yourself, I think that's a really smart system. Yeah. I think it works really well in this game. You can either do, I have like a sh- charge shot I can do, kind of like the Mega Man charge shot. Yep. Or you could heal. I think it's a really cool thing. The heal takes just amount, the right amount of time, I think, too. Where you can't just do it really fast during like a boss fight. You gotta like kind of space it and get a little time. Kind of like an SS chug or something like that. For sure. Yeah, um, something I really admire about the game is kind of the different phases that of, of mastery that it has. Because at the beginning, since you're so limited on what you can equip for charms, you are kind of forced to wrestle with like the very basic mechanics of how does it feel to do a basic swing? Okay, how can I fight this boss and find time to heal? And then later on, at least for me, the bosses are so frantic and chaotic that it's not impossible, but really hard to find that time to heal. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get into the alternate strategies of like, okay... What if I don't heal here and I mess around with my charms in such a way that I can just ignore that aspect? Or how can I increase my damage enough where maybe I don't need to be as reliant on healing or whatever? Or like, how can I, you can build yourself in a way where you're really relying on spells as well. And I think it just very naturally like takes you from deal with the basics. Once you get that, then we'll slowly introduce mm-hmm. new elements and new challenges. Like you can't. The bo- there's enough variety in the bosses that there is in no way can you approach every single fight in the same That's great. Manner. I was kind of thinking that. I was like, I really hope this game kind of pushes you in a way where it encourages you to change around stuff, especially later on. Like, I haven't gotten to that point, yeah. but I love when games do that. It's kind of... I feel like it's kind of always like a little bit of a missed opportunity when the game doesn't do that kind of thing. It doesn't give you that flexibility. Yeah. But it's like, it sounds like it's encouraging, encouraging you to do that, which Definitely. I love. Definitely. Uh, it gets... I mean, it, it starts hard and only gets harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I really like about the challenge because I think there's so much of Option I, of Hollow Knight where if you like, technically you just want to go and you can want to see credits, you can skip so much of it. Um, but that optional stuff is so good, you won't want to. However, on top of that, and I think what really makes it sing, is you'll run into challenges where you're like, well, I could try to keep beating my head against this, but I'm going to go and I'm going to do that optional stuff to get a little bit stronger. Hmm. And I like that, where it's like, okay, I'm going and I'm doing this optional stuff, and I'm having a great time, and also I feel like the game is hard enough that I feel a pretty significant payoff for going and checking out these optional areas. That's like the best when you do optional stuff, and it's really fun, but it's also really rewarding. Like, you did it, and you got something really great you couldn't get from anything else. Yeah. On top of all that, 
Uh, I love doing one of those optional things, getting a really cool item, but the item is also associated with the area you were just in. Beautiful. Like that power makes sense to be where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that aspect. Uh, uh, like for an example to the audience, like this isn't real. Um, <laughs> at least I don't remember this being real. But like, like imagine like the the power to like uh, shoot bees and you get that in a beehive. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, something power like to that. Shoot bees. <laughs> I, I played. It, I played it like six months ago. Bees. I can't. I can't remember no, like where exactly. So funny. Things. But like, that's if so you get a magic spell, you got it where like the guy who created that spell lived. Cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah, things yeah. like that. Like. Uh, even the bonuses are contextual in a way, which I really like. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that applies to the, the money as well, uh, mm-hmm. which the, you, there are upgrades that you're going to want that are really expensive. And the way that kind of the death system works in Hollow Knight is when you die, uh, your shade kind of is out there in the world and you have it. It's very much like souls. You go and you, have to kill the shade and then you get your money back and your your soul meter is at maximum again. However, if you die on your way back to the shade, you lose all that money. And yeah. so you have this nice risk reward of that system and then also a lot of pretty substantial, not necessary, but pretty substantial upgrades costing a lot as well. Great. Uh, which that. I really like. It's cool. I don't think I ever lost the shade, but I always like that mechanic. Mm. I lost it a couple there were there were a couple of times where I lost like 3000 geo. I felt bad. What did the shade do to you, dude? No, 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 the shade didn't kill me. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, exactly. died on the way. Yeah, yeah. Or like I died on the way many, many times. Yeah. Or like, I would go to an area, and again, it's just so smart because I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm fine, and I'd go and I'd find myself in a tough like platforming puzzle, and it's like, oh no, I'm gonna die here, and like, I'm not going back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Um, I realize there is one that is like shooting bees, right? You like you got a swarm around yeah. you, and they like, oh, I love that one. You there's yeah I actually there's one where you have like the two things that will come out I didn't get that one yeah there's another one where you like shoot worms you have to fight that boss Whoa. Uh, yeah exactly yeah. Brad like it's so cool like if you fight that boss you get that power like mm-hmm. I just, yeah. oh. it's like Mega Man dude mm. yeah. yeah I love that love that that's really time. great uh, and man I love there's there's so much if you go out of your way to get like the the quote unquote like true ending good ending whatever you want to call it. I feel like there's a pretty rewarding sense of like narrative payoff yeah, for doing great. that. Like, go for it, Brad. You're really yes. not getting the whole thing until you see that in a in a Excellent. way that's like more than a little bump, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I like. Yeah, I want to talk about Hollow Knight a lot, but Brad, it seems like you're enjoying it. Is this yes. something that you feel like you're gonna pick away at, or you're gonna just plow through? Um, or? It's my main game. Okay. For nice. now, like. I usually don't like to play a bunch of games at one time. Yeah. I like to just do one to go to the next kind of thing. So this is like my main game right now. You playing this docked? Oh, yeah. TV, nice. baby. Nice. Uh, I played handheld a little, but like I, I always prefer to play on my TV if I can. Question for both of you, since Huber was on here last time, and he said that from his perspective, he's just never using handheld mode, that he's always in docked, and sure. that this is a feature of the Switch that was kind of... Novel and cool to him at first, but it's something that he doesn't find himself using a lot now. Mm-hmm. Are you guys still getting a lot of use out of the handheld mode? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so Mario Tennis, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. The first night I played it on TV, Right. looks a little grody. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> looks a little grody on the TV. It looks a lot better in handheld mode. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, SGDQ is happening right now. I played the rest of it in handheld mode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Brad, how about you? Uh, it's kind of the same amount. I've always been like way more on docked mode, but I'll play handheld mode every now and then, just when I'm laying in bed or something like that. Oh, but the thing that's funny that you bring that up about like how looking grody, it's like I just kind of expect that now with Switch games. So oh, I'm just yeah. like, oh yeah, it's gonna look like grody. Hollow Knight. You don't lose anything. You don't lose anything, which is great yeah. with Hollow Knight. It yeah. still looks really good. And like Smash Bros, I'm not gonna play handheld. Handheld. But uh, that's not gonna happen. But like, you know? dude, when I played uh, Xenoblade Two. On my TV, looks uh-huh. bad. Looks yeah. bad, and I was like, "Woof!" But luckily, I have a monitor right next to my TV, so I played it in my monitor, and it looked way better. <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, it's much better." Just because of a smaller screen, you mean? Yeah. Well, the resolution's lower too sure. on the T or the monitor. Uh, you talked about playing Smash in handheld mode. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I have like this kind of romantic dream of impromptu, like like tabletop sessions of smash Shuttle and where smash. you're like you need to kill some time and you you look at the people you're with and you just say smash and you do it for <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes it's probably smash. never gonna happen to me maybe in japan yeah man i mean we still need gamecube controllers yeah let me get my adapter out dude <laughs> it's got like, the yeah, whole pack that's yeah. the thing is like uh i i know we can we can use wireless i mean yeah the pros are the pros are good the switch pro controller is good I think it could work for Smash. I mean, I like the game controller more. Yep. But it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, we can have impromptu smashes. What about this? Hmm. So, in Smash Ultimate, we know that you're going to have a lot of characters to unlock. Yeah, I love uh, that. And I don't exactly know what that process is going to be like, but would you... You talked about not playing it in handheld mode. What if you're just like, I'm not going to take this seriously. This isn't my ideal way to control this, but I'm just going to you know, spend a few minutes unlocking... Some dudes. Yeah, like if there's down. target practice again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. yeah. Totally Saying like that. just chipping away at stuff like totally that. Totally yeah. might, might be good. That's what handheld mode kind of is for me. Sure. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, I'll just play this for a little bit. Like yep. I played Shovel Knight a little bit on that. I was like, oh, this is cool. But I still prefer to play with a controller. Yeah. Um, I did not play this in handheld mode, so this doesn't apply, but I kind of like this. Onslaught is too heavily heavy of a word, but th- these demos that have been coming out, like there's a Captain Toad on Switch demo. Yeah. Uh, there's a Octopath. Octopath. I, I like that. I think those are sure. perfect handheld things Great, for yeah. me as well. Uh, but Mario Tennis Aces, let's talk about it now, Kyle. Uh, let's do it. Last time I was on Frame Trap, which was a couple of days ago, <laughs> I was hoping that I could at least play through the adventure mode. Didn't quite get there. Um, I got tired and a little bit frustrated. I got past the ice boss. There's the these two ice hands that you have to fight. And I got past that. Did not finish. You are, Kyle, at the final boss yep. of Barrett's and Aces, and you got tired as well. But the real question is, what do you think of Adventure Mode overall? How has it been hitting you? I love it. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that have uh, tainted my feelings on it. Okay. Oh. I was screaming expletives at the game for a while. Whoa, Where's the taint? Profanity from you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was swearing at it, too. F-bombs? Uh, wait till you see it, Ben. It's it's comic. Like, the least likely likable uh, uh, Mario character. The wizard. The wizard with glasses. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, He's got a challenge that I spent, I think, two or three hours on alone. Like, people are like, hey, the, the story mode's two or three hours. It's like, I think I spent that on comic. 
I thought you meant there was like some story element of like Mario Cannon that pissed you off so bad you were screaming. The weird thing is, Brad, I kind of like the cannon of this game. That's fine. I that's kinda, that's I good like, news, man. That's cool. I like the scenario. I actually like the story. Oh, uh, yeah, Ben. I, like, I really actually like that uh, they created a story that it's stupid, but I like that. Um, <laughs> They contextualize your tennis abilities into interesting challenges. Yeah. Um, because I, I never, ever understood what the different shots are for in a tennis game. I still don't. Uh, but I like it when it's just like, keep the ball away from this guy or hit this thing and hit this thing and hit this thing. I'm like starting yeah. to get it. I'm And in more of a practical way, it's not just target practice because that never really translates to me into how that works in an actual tennis game. But it's cool to do these challenges and then show up in your te- next tennis match and you're ready to go. You're like, oh, you're giving me a harder guy? I'm ready to take him on. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, I completely agree with you with other... Mar- like, I think of my experience with Mario Tennis 64 uh, growing up, oh. and I basically just didn't focus on doing different shots. I only cared about just hitting it back. Yeah. And here, what I love about the challenge is, at least from my perspective, is you you have to use all the other shots. Especially when you have the challenges like, get it past this dude, you really have to think, okay... He's on this position on the court. How am I going to get it past him? And it's been... Mario Tennis Aces is much... Either I suck more than I thought I would, or Mario Tennis Aces is harder than I thought it would be, because a lot of these challenges are taking me multiple attempts. But what I'm finding is my initial response, I'll get so decimated. Uh, like, there's the one where you'll have all of the panels, and it's like, you have to get this many points. Yeah. Uh, and... I remember the first couple of times I did the intermediate one, it's like, I can't do this. I can't get 800 points. What do you want from me, game? This is nonsense. And I'll kind of go through that attitude where yeah. it's like, I can't do this. This seems really frustrating. Or for some reason, like hitting the shy guys on the train <laughs> was frustrating to me at first uh, because I was sucking at blocking the shots, the ones that can do damage to your tennis racket, learning the exact timing on how to do that, yeah. um, and making sure that you always have meter for things is really important. Uh, but what I'm finding is, like, by the third or fourth attempt, I'm like, oh, no, I just have to do this. And then it's learning how to execute it, and then executing it, and then getting past it. And by the time I'm finished with the challenge, I was like, no, that's that's actually really useful, and I'm glad they taught me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just kind of a repeatedly humbling experience. It's shocking me how hard they worked on the environments. Yeah. Every court, every area looks actually, like, visually stimulating. It's like a, yeah. like a well-thought-out, like, world that Probably this, this because thing the Wii U one was so bad. Had one stadium. They are like, oh, we yeah. really blew it on this. Yeah. We gotta, like, we gotta make good. We gotta make this tennis game great. And what I was worried about, this happens so far a couple of times, is that these different settings would just be like, okay, you're going to play, you know, best out of three with this guy, and there's going to be a little new gimmick that's for this environment. I thought that would have been the easy thing to do. Yeah. And they do kind of do that a couple of times, but I never expected, like, here's this mirror puzzle, man, where you have to hit it at these specific points and make sure you <laughs> use your your special shot effectively, like... I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah. The, the ice hand boss that I was talking about, you have to dodge in a really kind of almost action gamey kind of way and that it, it, that I totally wasn't expecting. And I just feel like the things that they are throwing at me are continually not only catching me off guard, but serving a purpose with one of the game's mechanics Sure. Uh, in a really cool way. Did you talk about those last uh, episode? I met, What I said last episode, and I was at the very beginning, is I was like, oh... 
it does a good job of like kind of teaching you and slowly running you through things. And so I guess in some ways I'm, I'm sort of repeating what I say, I'm saying, but my, my sense now is like, it's not just that they're teaching you. It's not that it's like, Hey, we're going to very kindly have you do this mechanic. It's like, no, we're going to teach you by putting your feet to the fire. Yeah. It's like, you're going to learn through failure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A really funny th- part about that, Ben, is that you get experience points when you fail. Right. Uh, it's kind hmm. of that truth in life is that you learn more from your failures than your than your um, uh, uh, victories. Victories. Thank you, Brad. Uh, uh, but uh, one thing, Ben, I wanted to talk about is like how the meter makes it a completely different game. It does. Absolutely. It's not just like a new Mario tennis game. It's like this completely different version when of how to make, make a tennis game. You have to game. say meter. I just think fighting game. Please. Like fighting yeah. game. It's not inaccurate. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It. So there's three things you can do with your meter, Brad. Um, one. Yeah, kind of. Uh, one is like if you're away from a shot, you can do a trick shot. Ooh. Um, you can slow down time. I've seen this. I've watched people stream this game. Yeah. So I've like seen that kind of thing where they like slow down, they like run really fast to the ball or something like that. Or they do yeah. like the first person mode thing where they hit it in a certain spot. Yeah. Consider that like, um, I guess that would be like a special. Basically, you have to wait for a star to appear on the court. It's not yeah. clear to me when the stars appear. I want to never give my opponents an opportunity for a star, and I don't know how to do that. It's never been explained. Uh, but anyway, yeah, a star will appear, and it'll glow. And if you have enough meter, mm-hmm. you can hop into the star, and yeah, you get to do that first-person cool. shot. Um, and then lastly, you have a super. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just like that shot, but uh, harder to block. And be- even if you do block it, you're going to get knocked back and... In an in an, uh, uh, in advantageous uh, position of like getting the next shot, um, basically the final boss of this game is the master of using the meter. It's yeah. it's there to teach you how to use the meter uh, because basically up until this point, Brad, it's got this funniest mechanic where if you break the other guy's tennis rackets, you win automatically. <laughs> it's over golden snitch. Yeah. So anytime I had like a hard tennis match in the adventure mode i would just break the rackets and win. yeah mm-hmm. just build up meter kill them but then when you're actually facing an opponent who can also build meter uh oh. it becomes hard it becomes very very hard i find outside of the uh the tennis matches and the challenges themselves uh like using your super is not the way you want to go because you're going to need that for slowing down time and yeah. for other specific things and so it's like actually i don't want to cash in right there um and the meter management is so interesting because there have been multiple challenges where the first part of it, I've just had to learn like how the flow of it is going to go and how my opponent or the challenge is going to work and just deal with like rallying the ball back and forth. And then you have this whole other layer of like, no, by this point in the challenge, I need meter. And if I don't have that meter, I'm going to lose. Yeah. And so you have to learn how to incorporate like, okay, I need to make sure I'm using charge shots at the appropriate time, and it's just really fun to learn. A couple of things I don't like... Get into it. ...is after you fail a challenge, uh, <laughs> it'll kick you back out, yeah. and you'll have like a little bit of a dialogue where the person will be like, wow, you're really pathetic, Mario. Um, but they'll also maybe give you a hint on what you should do. They're like, hey, try incorporating this. And that's totally fine the first time. But by, like, the fourth time, you're just like, no, I wish there was just a replay a option. Like, don't kick me back out. There's the no restart. Not, not even from the middle. You can't press start, restart. No. Yeah, if you pause it, you all you can do is quit, and yeah. then you go back out into the adventure mode map. And it has the nerd to, nerve to load it every single time, too. Right. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. When you, The other thing is when you when they say you're pathetic and they kick you back out in the map... 
you have to redo the initial conversation, and admittedly, you can skip that. But it just feels like a bunch of wasted time. Like, it's let so me just redo the the challenge. I talked to comics so many times. Yeah, Comic. I understand that. Um, I have two questions. Yeah, how's the roster? I saw a chain chomp. Oh, that's a good roster, dude. And I was like, yo, chain chomp in this game? That's mm-hmm. sick. Yes. And there's also a couple hidden characters I didn't see. I don't know if you guys unlocked. I've not unlocked a single character okay, yet. But well. I went to like free play. I went to see what like a tournament's like. And yeah, there's a lot of characters mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. And I really I- want to play chain chomp. Yep. Have you guys played online yet? No, still working through the adventure will, mode. Ooh. I, if people online are good, dude, I think they're probably. Yeah, good. I'm yeah. actually kind of curious about that. I, I want to hop online and see how soul crushing yeah. people are. Yeah, um, yeah, like what the meta is. Because you really can burn. You can build meter super fast somehow. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to figure out to build meter as much as the game does, but like, whew. yeah, watch tutorial videos. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you should just do that. Uh, as going back to adventure mode, another thing that so far I don't like, and maybe you can fight me on this, I feel like the leveling up, it's not that it's pointless, but it feels pointless in the moment. So you get experience points, right? Well, right. Yeah. And, uh, Ben, in later levels, you, you raise a level without any change in your stats. Really? Yeah. You'll go up a level and no change in stats. And the game's like, congratulations. It's like... (laughs) Right now, it kind of feels like one of those things where, like, in the long term, if I were to compare them side by side, I could probably see a difference in the way that Mario is moving and how fast his shots are going. But now when I get a level and it's like, you're just like a smidge faster. I'm like, I can't. Actually not, perceive this. It's not even in numerical the value. Itself. It's just a meter growing. Right. A it's just half like inch. a little bar Ugh. that bumps up, and so I feel like That's that the stuff, the yeah. leveling up stuff, is. I just don't. It's not as meaningful as I would want it to be sure. if they're going to have it in the game. Yeah. I don't know. But I have a good time. Mm-hmm. I really it's a really am. cool game. Uh, curious to see how online goes, and uh, what is the mode called? tournament mode no is it, is it swing mode it's called swing mode where you can use the joy con oh yeah. Dude. yeah and they strip out heck yeah a lot of the that will never be accessed on my switch yeah <laughs> sorry swing mode so is this something that uh kyle you'll you'll play adventure mode and then you won't hop online and you'll just be done with mario tennis aces yeah uh there is like there are cups in the versus cpu tournament mode mm-hmm. i'll do that and then i'll probably be done cool have you yeah. been doing uh the non-required stages in adventure mode like collecting the rackets and stuff yes to be clear this one that was really frustrating was entirely optional okay yeah 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 i've been i've been getting the rackets as well um i think it's fun i don't know it's fun to collect it's fun to to see mario hold a new thing on a very basic simple level Mm -hmm. uh but anyway my question is so you're gonna play through adventure mode yeah you know you feel pretty strongly about it uh and then potentially outside of these cups you're gonna put it down do you feel like you got your money's worth? You feel like you got your sixty bones out of Mario Tennis Aces. Is it is the adventure mode good enough to you on that level? Yeah, uh, you know I'm not good about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Buying games and being responsible about it to me, like you know, I'll spend twenty dollars on a game that I'll play for five minutes. You know, like I'll I'll bail on games and right. things like that. And so, yeah, my philosophy is like the sixty dollars is wasted out the door. I wasted it; it's gone. Uh, so it's not like me trying to get my value back. It's just me trying to, like, have fun. Yeah. That thing but happened there's the no bitterness there, it sounds money. like. No. Okay. I don't think I've ever been bitter about a game being too short in a long time. Sure. Mm. Uh, Brad, you yes. mentioned that you've watched streams of Mario mm-hmm. Tennis Aces. 
have not taken the plunge right now no, in Mario Tennis's quote unquote hot. Uh, looks fun. Yeah. But I know myself with tennis games. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't play it a lot. I just wouldn't get enough worth out of it. It'd, it'd be kind of a waste for me to buy it and play it maybe for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Then I'd probably stop playing for a while. So, kind of a waste for me. It's so sure. funny, Brad. It's like. I, I think a lot of like tennis skills are irrelevant because of the weird superpowers the yep. characters get, are given with the super meter. Mm-hmm. Like just the idea that, that like, oh, I, I got you. I'm sending the ball to where you're not on the court. And then they just go, and they do a little trick and then they're there suddenly. Yeah. It's like, that's an element of the game. Yeah. Right. How are you doing this? Like, what yeah. am I supposed to do? And, oh, oh, boy. Yeah. It, <laughs> it kind of doesn't feel like a tennis game. Not that I'm an expert on tennis or tennis games, yeah. but... Yeah, I think it is scratching just kind of this sort of strategy, like, reactionary itch mm-hmm. um, in a way that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very yeah, fun. Yeah, Mario Tennis games are always fun to me, but nothing, not really something I buy mm-hmm. and just, like, play it by myself. What about Mario Golf? Oh, now we're talking. Okay. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Same, dude. I have a real distinction. So, like, Mario Golf is like... Your positivity on this game makes me very hopeful for yeah. a Mario Golf game to come around. And be it's great. coming. Yeah, dude. I want... Ooh, yeah, baby. Love Mario like Golf. Like, this kind of... I don't know if I need necessarily super crazy powers or whatever in Mario Golf, but I want this kind of adventure mode where yes. mm-hmm. there's yeah, a variety dude. in the, the challenges that you're doing. And I, they, I think they've done stuff like that before, haven't they? Uh, kind of. In like the, the Game Boy Color games, mm-hmm. uh, you would make your own character, which I kind of like more. I don't like... I, I, I wish you didn't have to be Mario. In adventure mode. Yes. Yeah, I 100% mode. agree with that. Yeah. So yeah I'd, yeah, be, I'd be cool with like making some weird guy again uh, in a, in an RPG, and it's just like, oh, I'm I have to play tennis against Mario. I, I like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, very early on in the adventure mode, you uh, square off against Donkey Kong, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I just want to be Donkey Kong. I would yeah. rather just be Donkey Kong. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah who wouldn't want to be Donkey Kong? One hundred percent. Brad. Yeah, you've got. I don't know if a weird one is the right call, but... Oh, uh, it's weird. It's a weird one. It's a weird okay, one. Okay, a weird one. You've been playing World of Warcraft. It's my it's my junk food game, dude. Uh, it, there's been multiple <laughs> times where I've been uh, booting up my Xbox to play Hitman, and I'll see... Uh, like, oh, 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 keep going, keep going, oh. keep going. I'll take care of this. Okay. okay, World of Warcraft. You've been playing World of Warcraft. Yes. I've been seeing you on there yes. like way more than I was expecting yes. to. Yes. Burning the midnight oil. Yes. What's going on? I uh, dude, it's been so long. I haven't played since really played since we played when Legion was out. Mm-hmm. So it's been like over a year or two yep. like that. And I'm just really feeling it's like the Michael Huber syndrome. I'm just really feeling the grind and the dopamine. Watching the numbers go up, seeing all the new content that I didn't that they've added over like the year and whatnot, all these new areas, stuff like yeah. that, going through quest lines that I gotten haven't gotten to do, leveling alts. It's been real relaxing. Brad I feel like there are a couple of things that fall into this category for me, and Warcraft is definitely one of them. A lot of times, of course, I get hyped when new stuff comes out, or some Warcraft-related thing comes out, but I feel like there are other times where I just, it's like a switch that flips on, it's like, I really want to be immersed in Warcraft right now. It's like and it's a it's very like a, bizarre feeling. Like relapsing. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like <laughs> relapsing. Yep, yep, that's She's a good like, way oh, to describe man, it. I gotta, gotta play. Uh, but... As someone who's ignorant of a lot of what they've been doing in the last year or two, uh, how substantial is the stuff that you're playing? So they added, I believe, I for sure know that they added one new big zone. They've added this, uh, the Broken Shore kind of thing, which was in 
this is not the newer thing for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure this is newer. Like a broken shore. It's like a whole new like zone kind of thing with quests, dailies, things like that, dungeons to do, new gear to get all that great stuff. There's mm-hmm. also a like a so every class has a mount. Now you can do like a quest a quest line going through you to get your mounts. I've been doing that. Yeah. Got like a sweet like bird for my rogue or something like that. Cool undead bird, dude. Dude, it's a sick bird. <laughs> it's a really sick bird. And I got like a cool undead dragon for my death knight. I may be way off base here, but is there is there anything more fun to get in an MMO than a new sick mount? I don't know if there is. What about like, weapons? I know. New weapons are sick, man. Yeah, weapons for that's, sure. That's what an MMO is a lot. It's just like about getting new sick stuff. But I, I feel like with weapons in a lot of MMOs, it's just to make the numbers go up. But what where your where your combat is coming from is the abilities anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. There's oh, just no, something I, about I a you. new a new mount like. How do you not have that feeling? And no one ever cares because they've probably seen it a hundred times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the mental trick that you play on yourself where you're like, I'm going to stroll through town on this Dude, new Dude, when you get your mount you can work for it, yeah. you're just like, ah. Yeah. Just watch it go. You're just like, yeah. You're excited to yeah, summon it. Like, no one cares except you. It's no the one best. cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, I got a question. Sure. Do you have a friend who still plays when you're not who can catch you up on what you've been missing out on? No. So what do you do when you hop back in after a long time? Uh, here's the thing. I got my girlfriend to play with me. Uh-huh. So I had a buddy, which always makes everything more fun. Right, I feel like yeah. that's the dream But right the there. ultimate, the ultimate reason to play came by. My brother came back because he saw I played. <laughs> and this is the only game I play with my brother. Yeah. This is the only game my brother plays. So this is like a really special moment between Suiting them. up. Yeah, like it's, it's like brother bonding time, dude, nice. when he plays. Really, really so cool. It's the the best feel good moment, and I can imagine that it's pretty relaxing, not super hardcore. Dude, no, with like my, my brother and stuff yeah. like that. He's like, let's just kill, let's do some BGs and kill some alliance. I'm like, all right, yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, the the thing that I have with a lot of MMOs, <laughs> right? Like, I want to resub to 14 for the Monster Hunter stuff that's coming. Yeah, man. But every time. When I take a significant break, I'm like, I don't, what, how do I even play this? Did you have that yeah, sensation? There's always like a learning curve coming back. Takes like an hour, maybe okay. something like that. So it was pretty smooth. Didn't yeah. take that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think WoW's pretty simple yeah. a lot of the times, depending on the class you play. Uh, I play Sassage Rogue, which is, it's a little more complex, but it's not like crazy beat your head against the wall or anything like that. Sure. Uh, I... Especially in WoW, more than any other one, I, I enjoy making alts. Yeah, just yeah, I've been doing that too. Yeah, I, I, that's a, what I, I made a warlock just because, like, yeah. oh, I've always wanted like a warlock. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's heirlooms and stuff like that that boost the XP you get. And it's really good gear. So I just like have that, just a, a low level warlock, just cruising around with really great gear. It's super fun. Nice. I did uh, Dead Mines last night. I, I unlocked it, and I was like, oh, let's queue for a dungeon. I haven't done a dungeon forever. So fun, man! I always get really excited so relapsing into WoW and for that first dungeon. Yeah. Oh my god, cool. it's great! And because the expansion is on the horizon, Ben. Yeah. So it's like I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And the pre patch is coming mm-hmm. that adds all this stuff before the expansion, so I'm all hyped up for that. Just a good time to play right now. Um, just in terms of community and and sense of people, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people still play World of Warcraft. Yeah. That's we know that, but you know you've you've played the game in so many different incarnations. You know, at launch and then through a bunch of different expansions to now. Uh, do you feel like 
you're having a lot of good interactions with random people? Is it just kind of you and your brother it's doing like, your own thing? It can be either. I feel like a lot of the because like a lot of the game the game is completely different from how it started now. Yeah, like you you were forced to talk to people to do stuff like that. Now you can just kind of queue up for anything you want, not to really interact with people. But if I want to interact with people, it's there. But I usually I I'm just fine with doing whatever because when I play MMOs, usually I don't play for like my account's not going for a year. You know, I'm not playing all the time. I'm playing for like a month or two, then I'll take break. I'll take breaks. You don't quit. Wow, mm-hmm. you take long breaks, <laughs> kind of thing like that. <laughs> So I'm never like, oh, I really need I need more kind of thing like that. I don't really care about rating and everything like that, which is where a lot of that would come from interacting with other people. So I don't get it a whole lot, but like in a battleground, you're talking to people or something like that. It's about it for me, though. Uh, last question. Are you worried that with kind of the way that you've been digging into World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and the expansion is still on the horizon very soon, mm-hmm. but still on the horizon, are you worried that you're going to burn yourself out before we get to kind of the height of the new uh, expansion? I don't know. Like, uh, I'm definitely willing to take like, a, I'll probably take like a month break before the expansion comes out. Yeah. Because I'm kind of getting, I'm doing the stuff I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And once I'm done with that, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'll okay. do something else for now. So you're consciously leaving yourself some some good, yeah. some necessary space. Yeah, like I always am, like I'm always fine with that. Yeah. F- filling it with some Hollow Knight, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Hollow Knight's there. They're side by side right now. Good stuff. Uh, Kyle Bossman. Yeah. Tell me about the Zone of the Enders 2 VR demo. Yep. Very brief. Uh, Wait, hold on. What? I want to hear I'm Kyle. Sorry. I know Kyle's played World of Warcraft. I want I want to hear Kyle's experience playing this game. Oh, no, you don't. So in college, <laughs> uh, oh, it was so weird, dude. It was like, uh, like it was this weird. Oh. So imagine uh, this, this program, right? Where it's like, we want to figure out the future of news and we want the youth to give us ideas. So I was in this weird program. I, I said, like, I'm, I'm down to do this. But in this weird way, the teachers who were, uh, like, gathering us together to have us come up with ideas kind of had their own ideas and wanted, to, like, to steer us into them. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, we're going to have you play MMOs. We're going to have you play Second Life. We're not saying this is the future of news. Academia's obsession with yeah. Second Life. It was yeah. crazy. It was yeah. insane. <laughs> and so I played Second Life, and I played WoW to, like, learn, I guess, what online communities are like. And they're just like... Did you notice anything here? Do you think we could use any of this? It's like no, no. Wait, what did you what did you play, dude? What did so you- what? I I played. Uh, I was like a zombie, and I was undead, in, baby. Yeah, and I was just like Excellent. in a, the woods, like killing things. Man, I remember very very little. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> you you picking undead though. Yeah, that warms right. my heart. Feels yeah. good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Kyle's on the horde. Yeah. Uh, see you in August, Ben. I know you'll be back. <laughs> Brad, I have no effective way of combating this because right now in this moment, mm-hmm. I just nothing against World of Warcraft. I just don't have any interest. And oh, I'm thinking about oh, all of these things that I want to play, and like I don't have a lot of excitement for the new expansion. Not because it's bad; mm-hmm. it's just that's not where my it's, head is when it's close, Ben. But let me tell you, like Michael Huber or Bradley Ellis on their own are good drug dealers, mm-hmm. like. They can make a strong case, and I am su- I am very susceptible. Yeah. Their powers combined, like the minute they're both flanking me on either side mm-hmm. and screaming in my face, I don't know. Because it's we'll just, see. just one, just play one cool month, Ben. Just one month, you hit level cap, you run a few dungeons with us, and you're good. Yeah, but it's like you get your fix, you're good. We got Octopath Traveler, we got Dragon Quest That's Eleven, July, we got baby. we got Spider Man. Like this isn't this isn't mid August, baby. You're going to have Octopath ah. done. Spider-Man's not going to be out. Dragon Quest will not be out. 
You're in. No excuses. There's got to be something in August that can fight this away. I don't know. I don't yeah, want to hear about, right. I don't hear about you playing some visual novel I never heard of. Yeah. I want you right there in Azeroth with me. All right. Uh, I thought of another funny story from that think tank thing. Oh. Uh, so we had to do a presentation with like a, a bunch of other groups. And ours was, uh, so think like 2007 or 2006 right now, uh, uh, we said, um, so you're on, you're on a, a, a vacation in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically what you'll do is you'll talk into your phone and it will translate it and then it'll say out what you're saying. It will say that phrase out loud. And the judges were like, mm, nah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't see that happening. It's like fine. All right, cool fine. judges. Yeah, cool. Have fun in Second Life, you yeah. dumb judges. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think this iPhone was popular in 2007 yet. So yeah, I guess. I think it just came out that year. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think we're, Dude, we're old. They weren't ready for like, it. We were out of. I was out of high school when an iPhone came out. Yep. Whoa. The the academia obsession with Second Life was always so frustrating. Like I remember like books mentioning it and the way that it would be talked about was like somebody did research on this and it, it feel like they blew this thing up in their mind more yeah. than it actually. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause the thing is when I got in there, uh, there was like a large, like naked man who was like hanging out with me and like really <laughs> liked me. Right. And he's like, do you right. want, do you want help? Do you want help? <laughs> and so it's like, What's wrong with you? Did you not see the problem immediately? Like, this was the first five minutes in the the world. And I think that's exactly what I'm trying to express, is they're like, here's this digital world where people can be free and awesome, and then you you actually see Second Life, and it's like, no, there's just a bunch of crazy people running around freaking you out. It's just like VR chat, dude. Same thing. Yeah. Right. Right. We had to have a meeting in, in Second Life, and I just, like, had, like, butterfly wings. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I just kind of, like, made a mockery of how silly Dude, it was. Oh, like, we had man, I want to see that meeting. meeting in World of Warcraft. <laughs> like, just in an inn. We make Brandon the, the raid leader. And it has to be secret, t- so somebody know, could know about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude. Man, that'd be sick. I remember a, stretch goal. a time where you couldn't... Log into World of Warcraft without reading like Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah, Baron's that feels chat, like dude. a different That's lifetime, really funny, a different dude. era, dude. Wow, yeah, like chat. I, I was alive at one point when Chuck Norris jokes were popular. I died. Was like it feels a lifetime ago. Yeah, I can. Ne- we can never get that back. That was a cool thing for people I to mean, do at some point. When WoW was supposedly. out originally, that was a very special moment in time yeah. that we'll never get again. So I'm glad I was there at least. The thing that I crave from that that I actually sort of weirdly felt like I got with Breath of the Wild and you guys is I love when we're all or a bunch of people that I'm really close to are all playing the same thing for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Yeah, dude. It just so rarely happens <sighs> and being able to come in and not being like, oh wait, have you played this yet? And then like not having to do that whole dance. We can just all come in, we're all at the same level of intensity and have that discussion. It's I like when that. we played Bloodborne. Yeah, but yeah, we're just all like, like freaking out about it, talking about it. This is the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss Breath of the Wild, though. Okay. Zone of the Enders 2 VR demo. Yes. Ben, I played it for a really short while, hmm. but you know I like to talk about VR stuff because the if, you, if you're not familiar with Zone of the Enders, uh, you the orbital frames are like they're giant, cool-looking mechs. Mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, Yoji Shinkawa, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. The, the artist also does Metal Gear Solid. Did just sick, sick mech designs. The weird part about it is Best. that like the cockpit is like the penis of this robot. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a very Kojima touch. Yeah, and so it's actually the cool part about it being VR is because like you look up and you see the head of the orbital frame. Um, and so like while it's attacking, while it's like doing the weird, like spirit bomb and everything, yeah. like you can like look up within the cockpit and see that happening. And so I had probably more fun in training mode than I did in the actual game itself. Yeah. Cause I got the quiz. Uh, like I, like, I think if you were like a really, like if you're just one of those people who can like handle intense VR, this is awesome. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad, you get to be in an orbital yeah, frame. It's sick. sick. You could just slash and shoot, and Still like waiting for my Gundam game. The, like the hundreds of rockets. I just love. I I forgot how much mm-hmm. I like Zone of the Enders. Yeah, it's a really I think really cool. It's game. like the the angles sometimes are like certain. Like because there's one part of Skyrim I remember playing that I was like, Ugh, where you, I was going up like stairs, like a, a circle staircase, uh-huh. and I was like looking up like that, and I was moving like the smooth move where I was like going in a circle, looking up. And controlling like that. Yeah. For a second, I was like, Ugh. Uh, Brad, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and Kyle, this bums me out because everything you're saying sounds like I want to experience that. And after Resident Evil 7 VR, oh um, my God, dude. which gave me the quiz, but I was like, I think I'm getting over this. Skyrim VR wrecked me. Wow. Like, it, I lo- and the thing is, I loved it. Like it gave me a whole new appreciation from Skyrim, giving me these huge, huge areas to just go up and 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 like bend down and be like, "Whoa, that dude is dead!" and just look all over. Which sounds psychotic, no, I but items on a table, and I just because I feel like a lot of times when you play video games, right? You, you're like, "Oh, okay, I need to go in this room. I need to loot things." You just kind of get in this mindset of efficiency but having it presented in vr it wasn't about like i've got to collect everything it was about being in the room and just kind of oh yeah taking stock of it but after a few minutes like i couldn't handle it anymore yeah. and i think it's kind of a roadblock for me with vr where yes i want to deal with these things and i want to deal with these challenges and maybe i can get over this queasiness or I could just play other things that don't give me this queasiness. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's frustrating. I, for me, like, I don't get queasy. Like, I don't, that was, like, the only thing I ever gotten queasy from VR. But it was kind of a thing where, like, I wanted to work through it because it's so unique kind of feeling. Like, how you're yeah. saying, like, just looking at, like, mm-hmm. apples on the table was crazy. Like, when I played RE7, it's like a whole new game. I was like, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta go through this because it's so rad going through this game now in VR. Yeah, uh, like there's uh, two two portions of the demo. The second one, you're in like the warehouse. You're in like this space station, and it's just so cool to see like a human sized door, just to get the sense of scale of like, oh, yeah. I'm in this giant robot suit right yeah. now. This rules. Uh, man, it's a demo. It's free. Like I might as well just try out the training mode. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it is speed, and I think maybe that's why. I was able to kind of slowly sure. adapt to Resident Evil 7 because oh, yeah. there'd be a lot of Resident Evil 7 where it's like, Slow I'm not going to move right now. Yeah. And the Jehudi's just dashing around. Yeah. Dude, slashing. Totally. But even you just saying Jehudi dashing around makes me a little, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cool game. Uh, Kyle, you got another cool game to talk about. Really excited about this one. Yeah, and that is Earthlock. What yes. is this? Earthlock is an RPG. Uh, 
backstory on why I played this. Uh, you know, I watch the trailers on the PlayStation Store every week. I highly entertaining. I don't think I knew. Yeah, that. I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like to just like go to new, games new and then l- like watch the trailers for all of them, even if they're bad. That's you know, like just, a Damiani thing. He'd probably do that with Nintendo games. I bet. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what happened, Brad. So I lo- I looked at it. I think I watched the trailer. I looked at the screenshots at least, and I'm like, mm, this is probably bad. Uh, like a little interest. <laughs> but that know? makes it more intriguing for you usually. Yeah. But we shook hands. You know what I mean? Okay. And then I saw it on the Switch store, and I'm like, oh, this one again. It's probably bad. And then so sometimes I like to stream random games I pick yes. up on the PlayStation store, and I'm like, this is finally the excuse to buy this. Sure. I can yeah. buy this now because I'll stream it. If Guilt it's bad, free, it's baby. okay. You know, I streamed it for an hour or whatever. Um, really, really like it. And so the way I would describe it is, um, it's got the perspective of a PS1 RPG, like top down and Ooh, the way that environments are presented. Your favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's, the backgrounds aren't pre-rendered. They're all, uh, uh, you know, rendered inside yeah. the game with the same like textures and style that the characters are. And it's all, it's really like, um, like painted style. I really, really like the style of this game, but yeah, it's kind of like a throwback RPG that, uh, is not too long <laughs> that, that's appealing to me just Great. like yep. like this compact world with interesting characters uh that have like like all you need at, at this time all you needed was like a light s- slight twist on your your uh turn-based battles to make them interesting and this does that you know uh your characters have two different stances so each yeah. character is basically oh. two characters um very cool yeah and, and i just kind of like I like the jolliness of it. it I mean, it, it is like a, a like a story about saving the world or whatever. But like, it's weird that like the characters are never mean to each other. You know, mm. like just to have this this old oh, okay. RPG party where yeah. like everybody's Wholesome. pretty cool with each other. Yeah, um, and I yeah, it's like I I wasn't intrigued by the story, but I was driven by the story. I wanted to see what happens next. I want to see where we go next. Gotcha. Um, and it's just so weird to have this game where like. The side quests are just the right length. Uh, the the optional things to do are just the right length. The difficulty is just right. And, like, it's just... So, yeah, I mean, an interesting part of the backstory, Ben, is what I learned later on Wikipedia uh, and through live chat. Uh, Snowcastle is the developer of this. I think they're in Norway. Um, it was a Kickstarter game. Mm-hmm. They put it out, um, and they hated it. Oh. They put it out, and they weren't happy with what they put out. I never saw that version of it. It's called uh, Earthlock colon Festival of Magic. Okay. And so they were working on the sequel and they're like, hey, why don't we fix our original game first? And which I mean was probably a really hard decision yeah. for a studio to make. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they did. And so they went and they added things. And so, you know, I just get to see the, the fruits of those labors. I never got to see the bad version of this game. Um, but I tried to I like read about what they added and just like. Uh, uh, like they added weapons, you know, yeah. they, they added <laughs> weapons that you can like make. And again, I love that. I just love making the weapons. You can't buy a single weapon. You like earn them all in interesting mm-hmm. ways. Um, uh, different ways that your characters can be customized. I love the way you level up. You basically have a board and you slot things into the board. I guess we'll say like final fantasy 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, again, because it's a short, I spent 26 hours to platinum this, um, you, you basically you fill up the board. It happens, you yeah. know. And so at that point, you have to choose what stats you want your characters to have. And you know, I'm kind of like a maniac min maxer sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like, all attack for one guy. Just yeah. like, oh, you'll get all my attack things, or or you'll get all my magic things. And you know, it's just like it's cool to have like a, a robot in your party. It's cool to yes, have a little yes. a dog. You know, yes. It's cool to have like weird party members. Yes. 
And so, yeah, there's just so many things I dig about it. It sounds time. awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool RPG. Uh, I was really impressed at like the short length and how you were saying, oh, man, it's so nice that the side quests are the right length and that th- the story is really driving me forward. And it's like, yeah, that probably a lot of that came from the revision. Like they knew right. exactly yeah. they, they had something to compare it to. Um, and I think of like, in a way, Resident Evil Remake. And I would love more of that. Like I, w- I would love for more people to be like, hey, we're just going to redo this. Yeah. Not necessarily take the original thing away, of course. Uh, but I think it would be very good. I think you need funding. You know, I mean, it's it's risky. Yes. It's like, are you really, is it going to be worth that time and effort to right. re-release this game? And right. I hope it was. I hope it was for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because I th- we say Resident Evil remake, right? Like, it's just the simple thing that anybody can do. But it, it affords that by being so popular and so beloved. You know, there are a lot of games that can just be like, hey, we're going to completely redo this. And they wouldn't generate... A lot of interest, I yeah. guess would be the way to say it. Yeah. I think of like Evolve. Right. And it was like Evolve 2.0 or whatever. It's like a, nah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are, there are other examples of that as well. I think of like APB or... Oh, dude. Good yeah, reference. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't play APB, but right. it, it went through a weird life, it seemed like. Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about character progression. So y- yeah. y- you seemed like you were uh, really filling out this board and having a good time. Yeah. Um, and what I was going to say is it, it seems hard in an RPG that is short to make character progress meaningful. And I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say with that is with this board that you're filling out, do you really feel like there was a choice where it's like, okay, I'm kind of going down this path at the cost of other stuff? Or it's like, by the end of the game, I'm just going to have this whole thing filled out. You're, you're absolutely going to have the whole thing filled out, but in your own ways. You you even like choose uh, attacks that they'll have, their special attacks and things. If you don't like one of their stances, you don't have to use those abilities and you can mm-hmm. swap in the abilities of the other stance you like. Um, yeah, like honestly, they had two stances, but for most of the characters, I only used one stance mm, and just okay. optimized that one stance. Um, no, Ben, I actually feel like I had a lot of choice over par- character progression mm-hmm. more than most other games. Cool. Uh, so like there's max level is 20 in this game. Okay. Just to give you that idea, like so leveling up is a big deal. Whenever you level up, it's like, oh, I can handle enemies. I see this huge shift in how I can deal with enemies now. Love that kind of thing. Um, but like, uh, it's like... <laughs> It's plus twelve attack to slam on an attack card into their into their their uh, their leveling up box. Like why not? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like why would I? Why would I boost any other stat? Right. Why would I boost speed when I could just have plus twelve more attack? And so it's like it's it's really fun that like I think if you cared to be like this person who's defensive and uses all like the other abilities and the just bells and whistles. Yeah, the the buffs and debuffs. But like you You're can make a like raw that. attack team that owns the game. Hmm. I love it. I love it so much for like being able to let me do that. I don't know if I've always been this way or if it's a recent thing, and I think you're kind of in the same boat. I love in games that have character progression and pumping up the attack to like kind of an absurd degree, mm-hmm. and you just go and you kill a thing way quicker than you think they want you to. Feels like so just good, being yeah. able to face tank something yes. and have it melt is so much fun. Uh, but I, I always get kind of annoyed it's not a big deal but i get kind of annoyed in uh character progression when like your first couple of skills it's like let's say you have a board and you know at the end it's like okay this is eventually gonna branch into like 10 choices but for like level two and three 
I get this one thing, and everybody's going to get this one thing at level two and three. Do you feel like you have a lot of choices up front, or yeah? Uh, okay. So there's six party members. They're all pretty different. Okay. There's no one has something called attack. Okay. You know, like everybody has their own thing that they do, uh, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, I mean, uh, to get the platinum, I was using everybody, <laughs> which was funny because like. There's like there's a one healer and he's yeah. called a hog bunny. He's like a three foot tall half pig, half rabbit. Sweet. Yeah, he's your only healer and he can also like buff your team if he goes into this other mode where he's just like chanting everybody on. Mm-hmm. Easily ignorable. You don't need that guy. It's like a waste of a turn because you could be throwing on more damage during that turn. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just man, I love stuff like that. I, yeah. I love I love that like you know if you read a guide, it's like oop, you're really gonna need him uh, Nart on this one. It's like I don't need Nart, dude. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I need to be doing more damage. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Tyler, you're making a great case. I love game. a late game party member who's like super weak, but mm. like if you put the time into that character, it'll get really good. I just love, mm. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Really good art. I, and the, the thing that I think is most striking about this game is its art, is its consistency in that way, manner and just beautiful looking game. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's, that's was my experience with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles as well, where I would run into a really tough boss and it'd be like, okay, I've got to, I've got to switch up these party members. Like, I, I need to kind of be conscious of where everybody, everybody is. I can't truly abandon anyone because they're all so unique that I might need them to do something in this boss battle. And just messing with configurations and then being rewarded for that by eventually overcoming it was super fun. Um, you mentioned the side quest and them being a good length. Uh, narratively really interesting. Do you feel like you're getting good rewards for doing them? Like, what, what beyond the platinum? Why were they fun to do? Um, so it's funny. Uh, you have like a hub island you return to a bunch of times. And it's just fun to add. Any Anytime you let me do this, it's fun to add stuff to my island. I got yep. a farm on the island, stuff like that. And so anytime I'm boosting stuff like that, I really like it, Ben. Uh, there are some like, strangely enough, there's some story side missions where I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to pay off later. That totally don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just like, you can feel good about yourself because you saved that person. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I like, I like an RPG side quest near the end where it's like, go to all of these places, like go find a person there, go find a person there. We need to do all these things. Um, I love that kind of thing. And we got one of those. It's like using your entire world. I think the game does that really well. It's not like you move on through this town and you never visit that town ever again. It's like that town's part of this world. More things are going to happen there. Like it's, it's here. Like we'll be back. Cool. Love that kind of thing. Awesome. Uh, I, it would be, Good to bounce this off Huber, and maybe we'll do that someday, um, but I have to talk about it now. I've played through all of the episodes of Hitman 2016. Oh, cool. And it made me realize that I think both Easy Allies and myself specifically really struggle with episodic games, uh, where we'll get like really invested in an episode or the second episode, and then by the time it continues, we've moved on to other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're... Very all over the place when it comes to game playing. But it was really nice to kind of play episode one all the way to the end, all the way through Hokkaido. And that game, that is a great video game. Uh, I liked it. I liked... So before my experience with this, I had played Paris and Sapienza, and I replayed them here just back to back to back. Uh, And Sapienza is still very, very good. But I feel like they found this perfect balance with Hitman in a way that I love. I, I, all of the challenge and nuance and complexity is there, 
but I feel like they've presented it in a way where anybody can pick it up. But the things that are they're using to guide you, you still got to work for them. I, I don't think they're totally free passes. And what I'm talking about is the opportunities. And so you'll load into a map, and a lot of times it'll be a very big map where there's a lot of places to go, and a lot of those places are cut off to you uh, because of security clearance or you need the right disguise or whatever it is. And as you kind of explore the map, there usually will be one opportunity that will kind of be thrown in your face immediately, but there are other ones where you have to really go out there and explore to find them. Maybe you'll just overhear a conversation and it will go opportunity revealing and you'll sit there and you'll listen. Um, And so just even on that basic level, it really encourages you to get out there and just get a feel for the map. Mm -hmm. To not just see one thing and be like, okay, that's going to be my path. To kind of like get a lay of the land at first. And so by the time you actually finish the mission, I feel like you have at least a decent grasp of how big this area is, how many things are in there, um, and what you can do with them. And what's great about the opportunities is so they'll be like, hey, you know, we'll, okay, you found this opportunity, follow these objectives, and it will basically lead you on a path to kill one of the targets. Um, but as you're on the path to one of these targets, it's not like that completely removes all of the challenge, right? Like you still um, have to find a way when it's like, hey, get this disguise, Oh, how do I get that disguise? Who do I need to find? What room are they in? Who's watching them? How am I going to get that? How am I going to knock them out uh, in a way that is quiet? Where am I going to stash the body? And that, oh man, the placement of the containers where you have to hide bodies, like you have to think ahead. You can only put two bodies in a container. And if you're trying to get a good rating, Like, you just have to be, you have to make so many compromises in the moment where you're like, okay, do I kill this person and hope nobody finds the body? They're at the bottom of the stairwell. Maybe they won't find them. That's kind of exciting Mm -hmm. as you go through the mission and you hope to God you don't see that body found message appear. Or like just the moment where you knock somebody out and you're like, okay, I've got to drag them across here. I have to pay attention yeah. to the patrol. Are they going to? Are they going to find me? And there are just so many moving parts, um, and it it really tests your patience. There are a lot of opportunities in Hitman where you technically could knock somebody out. Like maybe you found a brief moment where they're alone, and there have been so many times when I've been playing through these missions where <clears throat> I'll go and I'll attempt to knock somebody out and as I'm subduing them somebody else will come in I'll get frustrated because I feel like in a lot of stealth games um, you are rewarded for just finding that one moment when they're alone yeah. where it's like okay if, they, if they're free in this split second I'll get off completely free and that's not the case in Hitman mm-hmm. like you gotta knock them out. That takes a little bit of time. You gotta put on their disguise. You gotta drag their body. And so you really have to think of, of a pretty long moment that you're gonna be safe. And uh, there have been times where I've had to be like, no, wait, just just wait. Let them finish this phone conversation. Maybe they'll move on to an even better spot. Uh, and that feels very, very good as well. And like, if it was just that, if it was just kind of sneaking around, putting on disguises, dealing with that, those challenges that would be enough but then it's like oh man i got recorded by the camera 
<laughs> Do I want to go through the effort to help my rating to find the spot where the camera room is and destroy the evidence? Or is that going to put me in even more danger and do I just want to finish the mission? Like, that's a super mm-hmm. interesting decision. And the variety of spaces that you're exploring is incredible and really, really clever. Um, so Sapienza is this huge, huge, huge map. Uh, and you kind of have this town that you can explore and you have to find this person and kill them kind of in their own home in this mansion. Uh, and then there's an underground lab that you go into, and you have to find a way to destroy this virus. And just from where you start what to the top of this evil? town, and when you go all the way bottom in the underground lab, like it's it's almost like you're dealing with multiple maps in one, uh, which is really cool. It's not it's not just sort of one flavor throughout the whole thing. And the last map, Hokkaido, you're in this hospital, and the way that they do it is they have like this stuff in your clothing that will get you through these sensors for doors. And so much is, it, like, it's very, very big. It's a huge hospital, but so much of it is closed off to you because of that technology. And so trying to figure out how you can get through there, whose clothes you need to put on, like, uh, and all of that is just, it's just awesome. Um, and you're rewarded for thinking ahead. Uh, so you can, you can choose before a mission what to bring in. And in Hokkaido, because of this technology, you can't bring anything in with you. Mm -hmm. And so in the final mission, it's like, oh, these these crutches that I had before, I don't don't have my silence pistol. I don't have my lockpick. I don't don't even have my coins uh, for a distraction. That's a super fun challenge. Um, But it starts you with usually like coins, a silent pistol, and fiber wire. And I was like, I'm going to bring in a lockpick. I'm going to substitute the firewire for a lockpick. And there were so many paths opened up to me just because I had that mm-hmm. stupid little lockpick. And you, there are points where you can um, have uh, basically these areas where they're like, okay, we're going to give you another thing. So if you want to bring in a sniper rifle, that's fine. We'll put it on the map, but you have to go and, and get it and retrieve it. And that's, yeah. It, it is just such a smart game. It's a great game. I wish we would have talked about it more at the time that it came out, but I really encourage people if you like played Blood Money like me and you loved it and you're looking for more classic Hitman or if you're excited about Hitman 2, like this is totally worth playing. Um, the narrative is a little bit frustrating. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I think, what they set up, but it very much ends on a, we'll resolve this in season two. Yeah. And obviously that is now Hitman 2, but... Yeah. What's funny is they call Hitman 2 season 2. Oh, do they internally? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that. But <laughs> Yeah, because it's exactly that. Yeah, it is. And I'm like, wait, are you doing episodic? Like, no, 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 it is one complete game, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's the second season. It's like, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it is super cool. I, I feel like Hitman didn't do as well as was hoped, right? Because mm-hmm. probably people got burned on the last one before that. I, I do think there was some... I think it was an episode. I think it was a whole bunch of things. Actually, Super Bunny Hop has a video about like kind of how Hitman did and, and the reasons why. And it's a very good, informative video. More informative than we're going to be able to to be here. Uh, but there was talk in the video of how is this type of game, this sort of very punishing, very methodical type of stealth game, like is there a space for that in a in a big way mm-hmm. beyond a 
beyond a very specific targeted audience. And I, I would be curious to know what you guys think of just floating that idea. Hmm. Is there space for a game like that? Um, because, like, even amongst the allies, right? Right. Um, Huber played it. I, I think he still needs to do Hokkaido, but mm-hmm. he, he played it. I played it. I don't think there's a lot of interest in uh, other allies, and I'm curious why the that other, is. The only Hitman I've played is Blood Money, yeah. which I did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks interesting, but I just have stuff I'd rather play first before mm-hmm. getting onto that. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm not object to playing it at all. It's funny, Ben. I think about this a lot. I think about it because the environments are so packed. It's the environments we want, and the game's designed... The difficulty's there so that you're, you're never finishing the level on your first playthrough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about Metal Gear Solid Five. There are a couple of environments in that game. I think about like the mansion and uh, whatever the, the base is at the end of Chapter 1, uh, where I'm going through it, and it's just such a big environment, so dense. And I'm just like, this is dope. This is dope. But I'm like seeing like 10% of it. Right. And I have an appreciation for the environment around me. And I don't want to go into every room of that mansion. Uh, but I'm like glad it's there in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good way to design games uh, business-wise. Mm. Like it's it's stupid to spend all that time on something that I will only see 10% of. And so like I get it. I get why Hitman does this. Uh Metal Gear Solid 5 solution was just like, oh, replay missions. Do them over a bunch of times. And I think that was really dumb. Um, my second trip to the mansion was not fun. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I get it. I, th- I think it's a different take on that. It's like, hey, we can make a dense uh, environment with like lots of interesting things going on, like overlapping stories even, like people mm-hmm. living lives in these environments is so cool to me. Um, but yeah, there needs, to be some, there needs to be something in place so that you just can't beat it immediately because yeah. that's just a waste of their yeah. time. Do you think a lot of it has to do with kind of the inherently drawn out nature of episodic releases? Like, do you think there's more in its favor of being like, hey, you get all this up front? Yeah, big time. Um, okay. I, uh, I hope two works out better for them. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk a lot, and you see this all the time with developers, about accessibility and getting more people in. And... I'm worried that I'll struggle to articulate this, but I, th- I feel like Hitman is not afraid of making you feel like a total idiot in a way that most games don't dare. <laughs> How do you mean? Like, these missions, right? Yeah. I feel like in my experience, I wasn't sitting down timing them, but I feel like they took maybe around an hour, like 40 minutes to an hour to do. Yeah. And... It's kind of a, a constant struggle when you're learning. Like, it's a very intense learning process where I feel like in a lot of video games, most of the time you're cruising and you might hit a bump here and there. Hitman kind of feels like all bumps in a way mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I need to kill these two people. Let me focus on this guy. He's completely closed off from me. How do I get there? Oh, I got found. Oh, I killed somebody I wasn't supposed to. Oh, and it's just like you go through all this effort just to kill one person, and then you have another person on the other side of the map. It's like I have to do this whole just in this mission. I have to do this whole process over again, and so it's kind of like really intense failure until you get it. And I think that's where the the joy of like learning and replaying comes in. But it's like a tough process that I'm not sure everybody is willing mm-hmm. to swallow. Oh, yeah. It's like that or linearity, and linearity wins. Right, yeah. right. And I think that's what makes Hitman special, and yeah. I think that's yeah. why so many people love it the way that they do. Um, 
And so it's like, do you do you even solve that problem, or do you just try to convince people that like, hey, no, this is a good thing, give it a chance? I admire them for doubling down. Yeah, I yeah. admire them for saying like, Hitman Two, it's the same game. Right. Yeah. We're just making it better. Yeah, they're, 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 they're confident in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's awesome. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk, Brad. Because you're on the panel, I think I'm going to take an opportunity to do this. Okay. Ooh. Um. So. My girlfriend's been interested in Kingdom Hearts for a long time, mm-hmm. and for way too long, we've been picking away at Kingdom Hearts 1, because she's very adamant of, if I'm going to get invested in the story, we are starting at the first nice. thing. She knows. And so, I, I am playing Kingdom Hearts with her, and it, I haven't played through all the way Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. since it came out. And it's been interesting revisiting it. I feel like I've been kind of on a roller coaster, Brad, mm-hmm. and uh, Kyle, you're very familiar with Kingdom Hearts, so I want to get your opinion on this. There are things about that game that infuriate me and I think have aged super poorly mm-hmm. and there are oh, other yeah. things that I think are wonderful. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think the jumping in that game is just so bad. bad. It's so bad, yeah. And it has not aged well at all. I am amazed at how awkward and stiff the jumping is and how much they ask you to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they do a lot. That totally goes away <laughs> yeah. after one. Like, uh, yeah, that's it does. like one kind of exclusive. They're like, "Oh, this didn't work," so they just take it out. But yeah, it's bad. Right, like the Tarzan part sucks. Like the platforming Hall Bastion sucks. It all sucks, actually. All the platforming. The belly, the belly of the whale, monstro. monstro like that's pretty it's, bad too. Right? Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's. I did it re- when I did it recently. It wasn't as bad as I remembered, but it's it's still um, in Monstro. I believe you get the double jump. Yes, and that jump. helps a lot. And when you get sure. glide, that helps. But yeah, you get that so like late game too. It's like man, I wish I had this earlier. I actually love gliding. Yeah, it's awesome. I love gliding in any game. I really loved in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's great. You have to get you like from Tinkerbell, right? Is that the context? Yeah, of gliding? yeah, yeah. In uh, on uh, Captain Hook's boat. Um. I think for me where Kingdom Hearts gets really special is once it starts opening up and it takes these these Disney characters and Square characters for that matter and starts applying them in ways that are unique to Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're going to Merlin to like get your get magic s- down, you're going to the fairy stuff, mutton, yeah. the fairy godmother to get your summons. Mm-hmm. It's like they they managed to strike this balance in Kingdom Hearts where it's sort of ridiculous, but they commit to it so hard and they make it make sense within the context of the world of Kingdom yeah. Hearts. That like sometimes I feel like when games incorpor when they have the privilege of incorporating awesome characters, they're they're kind of in love with the fact that it's so awesome where they're like, oh man, can you believe that the fairy godmother is teaching you summons? But Kingdom Hearts plays it straight and mm-hmm. that makes it more awesome. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and so when you're in battle and it's like, I'm going to summon Bambi and she's going to heal me a whole bunch and this is going to be great. Uh, it's really fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, just doing... the. I think the frustration with the jumping and some of the other stuff comes from a good place where they're really trying hard to make each world feel extremely different. Yes. Where you're not just going through and like killing Heartless and getting to the end and fighting a boss. Like, yeah. For better or for worse, Wonderland is super different from Deep Jungle, which is super different from Atlantica, which yeah, yeah. is super they're different from Agrabah. Really yeah. Uh, like, yeah, going into um, going into the Cave of Wonders is super a, is a cool. Hell of a yeah. Moment. Yeah, I love that. It's really fun. 
Um, and I think once Halloween you Halloween Town, Halloween Town, you were not there yet. Okay, uh, we just okay, all right. That's my favorite spot in Kingdom Hearts One. Yeah, is is uh, Halloween Town. Yeah, but yeah, Brett, what do you what do you think? Like, if somebody were to get into Kingdom Hearts now, as somebody who's played all of them a lot, mm-hmm. where do you think? Do you think like the things that we're saying about Kingdom Hearts were like, oh, the jumping isn't so good, mm-hmm. and maybe something had haven't aged really well? Do you think? For a new player getting into Kingdom Hearts, one is worth that? Yes, especially because the story is so important to yeah, the series. Absolutely. Especially you're playing through, like, people are saying to me, like, uh, I've had plenty of people be like, yeah, I just wish three, like, the story wasn't as important, kind of three. But to me, three is the culmination of all the games. They've all been building up to this. All the games mm-hmm. have mattered for this one moment. So for people like me who've been through all of them, it makes it even more special. Yeah. I think, one, there's a, a, a lot of good stuff to even have fun with, like just the worlds themselves, the characters. I think, all oh, that's really great and strong still. Yeah. The story is not super overly complicated in that one, so you could follow along pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like there is annoyances of the platforming and stuff like that, but it's not too much where it deters you from playing the game. But if you want to start this series, I highly recommend you start with one. Uh, Brad, I have a new... Something I wasn't expecting is having a new appreciation for the combat. Yeah, it's fairly simple and straightforward in the first game, but it works, especially for the time that it came out. Yeah. Obviously, it improves over time, mm-hmm. but I still think it's, it's pretty pretty decent, even looking back on all the other ones for right now. For me, where it really sings is the... like. And it, the the basically the boss design is what's yeah. coming through. I'm thinking of the Colosseum. I'm thinking of the fight with like Leon and Yuffie. Yes. And how good of a fight that is mm-hmm. because Yuffie is throwing these things at you from long range, and Leon is rushing in, and just with the tools that you have, basically dealing with this two prong attack at once is super different than anything else I had experienced up to that point, and was quite challenging and really required a certain level of mastery. And the second Ursula fight. At first, I hated right. it, and then really came yeah, to the appreciate the, uh, what yeah, it was doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are ways to cheese it, but she does so many attacks. Like, she's sucking you in. There's lightning coming down. And to me, it was really signaling, like, don't be greedy. Like, get a couple of attacks in, see the telegraph for the attack, get out. And so it was this really nice back and forth where I couldn't just run up and spam yeah. magic or, or a lot of slam the, the bosses right have like unique mechanics, which is cool. Like yeah. when you get to Boogie, he has his own kind of, yeah, mechanic. Boogie is awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm excited like, for that. There's definitely bosses, you know, you just tank and spank kind of thing like that, but there is bosses that change the variety up a bit. Yeah. Wait to get to Sephiroth, dude. Yeah. So the best thing about that is, too, there's a narrative behind Sephiroth and all that stuff, and Mm -hmm. that carries over into two. Yeah. It's coming in three, baby. Confirmed he's not in three. Yeah, he is. I really hope we get through. (laughs) I hope by the time three comes out, I I very least, I hope we get through one, two, and Birth by Sleep. What's funny is, I think he shows up, I think, like, you see, like, cloud in a cutscene and like maybe like Sephiroth's sword as he like walks by mm-hmm. and like that could be it if you're not doing the optional uh, tournament stuff mm-hmm. but like oh no he doesn't even show up until you get to the end of the tournament the optional stuff Got you it. don't see him until then I'm, I'm pretty sure then there's like a little thing 
then it carries over to two. Wait, so then what happens in two where like it's not even in the tournament? He's like in the blue crystal zone. It's uh, it's like Hollow Bastion area. Yeah. You What's he doing there? there? I forgot why, but you're fighting clouds. Clouds actively looking for Sephiroth through these games. <laughs> That's who he's looking for through one and two. <laughs> So three, the the showdown, and it's so weird that like it's this weird version of Cloud exclusive to Kingdom Hearts, where he's got like a little black wing hanging mm-hmm. out. Like man, it's but so nuts. In two, I love it. In two, he's no. Advent Children Cloud. Really? Yeah. Huh. No wing. No. Oh, I like Wing Cloud. Yeah, no, I mean, too. I don't remember the wing at all. all he's right. he's like Advent Children. Sure. Where are the Square Enix characters for three, Brad? Save them up, baby. Save them uh, up. Save them up. I hope you're right. Uh, we'll be there, dude. So we actually triggered the the word for caught in a frame trap a while ago. Okay. Uh, like quite a while ago. Oh, no. And uh, if you're not familiar with what this is, it's just a fun little dumb game lore thing that we do to, to bring up the podcast and talk about our wonderful sponsors. Um, the demons, what triggered it was Second Life. <laughs> And apparently Fair. the, the demons the demons had a traumatizing experience <laughs> with Second Life that they're not willing to comment on this time, uh, but they were avid Second Life users, and their one experience <laughs> made them just completely abandon it. So No one is safe. Who knows what happened there? Um, but we're going to play a game today. We've changed the rules a little bit since you guys have been on, uh, Kyle and Brad, where now you can shout out the answer at any time. There's oh no need God. to wait. Cool. There's no need to whisper otake. You can just say it. And they were doing yes or no. Oh, um, I love yes or no. What sure. we're, so we're easy allies, thanks to our very generous viewers, patrons, uh, you guys. Thanks to you guys. We're doing top tens again. Oh, uh, yeah. We're getting the process of that, and one should be coming out relatively soon. And so I thought it would be fun to look back on game trailers countdowns. <laughs> and I'm going to read a list of seven. And for each one, you're going to tell me if we did actually do that countdown or if we oh. didn't. Okay. It's going to be yes or no. Okay. Yeah, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about some sponsors. We have some new sponsors, Ooh, and nice. Kyle, I am going to throw something to you okay. uh, at the end, so be ready. Bring it on. Our first sponsor is the ever-wonderful Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you, Greg. Uh, next sponsor is from Dale's son, who we've had be a sponsor for a while. He's got some new copy. I think it's very sweet. He just wants to thank the allies who stopped by and hung out when he pretended to be a streamer. It was a blast. I also wanted to shout out some of the streamers that helped me out. Um, and so we're going to be shouting out two of those streamers today. Uh, the first you can find at twitch.tv slash purple platypus. And the second one is twitch.tv slash morbid killjoy. Uh, so, what's Dale's Twitch? Dale is uh, stuff on a rock, I believe. He did, not, he did not promote himself because yeah. I don't know if he's still streaming. But during May, he had like some time off, and I believe it's stuff on a rock. Stuff on a rock. Yeah, I'll look that up. I'll put that in the the description. I as see well. purple platypus hosting all the time. Nice, which is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, we'll have some some more uh, streamers that Dale wants to promote, but we'll get to, we'll get to those next time. Uh, next on the list, we have Jesse Vitelli, who you can find on Twitch as Jestifer, and on Twitter at Jesse Vitelli. Thank you, Jesse. Next, we have a game. It is Crystal Hunters from Zotig. Crystal Hunters is a puzzle game inspired by classics like the adventures of Lolo and Ship's Challenge. Take on 45 levels of mind-bending puzzles as you go on a journey to collect the crystals scattered around the land. Play as Thomas or Amelia, guided by Grandpa Buckley, and go get those crystals. (laughs) Disclaimer for Huber and Huber types, there are laser puzzles. I love laser puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) 
Next, <laughs> we have JoJo's Dent Co. I'm working hard on top secret dents. There's no time for door dings. But I do have one important question for you all, and this is directed to the commenters. Mm-hmm. And what's them talking about this? Who would win? Uh, Tenshin Han versus Gon... Is it Gon? It's Gon, yeah. Gon, yeah. Gon-san. Tenshin Han versus... Ten- Tien uh, from mm-hmm. Dragon Ball versus Gon-san from Hunter Hunter. This is too easy. Who would win? It's gone every all day. Okay, seven what about, days a week. What about like you're the one super, qualified to answer that? What about super tension? Yeah, still do. Okay, I'll C- go with it. Couldn't handle so, it. So tension on Tien versus Gone. Do you actually believe that, or is it just you like Gone more? Have you seen Hunter Hunter? No. Okay. All right. That's why I'm asking you. Because uh, I know you. Tien is presented as a character with limits. Gone is not. Ah, uh, but he he get he passes those limits yeah and uh z he's for sure has limits he's in that tournament yeah he did make it to the tournament he's in of that power. tournament wait have you seen through the tournament of power not the whole thing okay I'm very far into it okay i i will say i expected more of tn in the in the tournament what do you, i mean it's tn i'm exp- i was surprised he even made it just like grow the arms again why don't you do that anymore because it was weird it was so cool it was so weird didn't he have like some out of his back too i think he had just four i think he just did four arms. i think he did like two. did he do six and he I, may have done six it was yeah. weird man Toriyama's like oh n- no more of that his <laughs> editor said no whoops <laughs> <laughs> i'm really based on that i'm really glad you asked this question yeah yeah great question kyle i also want to say i feel like the other allies all eight of us let you down every day by not watching hunter hunter uh, it, it, it's, I think it's what makes up for it is the few people who do, like I was just at Starbucks yeah, and the guy's like, dude, love the shirt. And just <laughs> like, I know, I know that that's like a good person. Mm. Okay. You can't I, possibly uh, be a I've bad person. I've seen you Haka show though. I like that. Wasn't Imagine that a, a show that that's before? twice as good. Yeah. yeah. Do my best, right? Yeah. Now I love it. Why don't you watch One Piece, Kyle? <laughs> Our next sponsor is Jake Musser, he says, hey, allies, I just wanted to reach out and do what I can to support the extend- outstanding group of hardworking individuals who are putting out some of the best content on the planet. Keep up the great work, everyone. Love and respect, Jake. Thank you, Jake. That Thank was very you. nice. And next sponsor, we have Blue. Thank you, Blue. But we're not done. We have mega sponsors Whoa. that we would like to talk about. And Kyle, I've been throwing into a different ally mm-hmm. for each one of these. And I would like you to read Hogue Law's blurb. Let's do it. It's a new blurb. It's, it's a new really blurb hard not to do it in Jones' voice. I know. Other, other allies have attempted just that, so go for it. Hogue Law Business Law Firm. Whether you're starting your business at level one, fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. And, preferably, a good business lawyer who loves video games as much as you do. This week, Rick is enjoying Cultist Simulator, a fractured narrative card game by one of the designers at Sunless Sea and Fallen Kingdom, sorry, Fallen London, and Assassin's Creed Origins in the wake of excitement generated by Odyssey at E3. It started normal, Kyle, and it turned into Brandon, Kyle. To me, it turned into Kaiser. I feel like that was like a Kaiser VO. (laughs) That, to me, just was like all Kyle. I oh, okay, nice. Yeah. All right, oh, developing my man. announcer voice. I had Maybe to do it. Maybe you're just multiple things. Dude. I had to the Shang Tsung. announce for the first time with no comedic element at 83 when I was doing the Coliseum. Yeah, you can't like do jokes, and so it was, like, wasn't having it. Yeah, like one of the first times in my career where it's like, don't be funny. I was like, okay, let's do this. Please welcome Phil Spencer. 
<laughs> That's still funny. I did a little. Please I did a little bit. I did a little better than that. Yeah. Thanks, Hogue. Thank you, Hogue. Thank you, Hogue. Sorry, I messed that up. You did no. good. Fallen I think you London, did well. not Fallen Kingdom. Uh, that was fun. Thank you so much for your support. Hogue, uh, next we have a brand new mega sponsor. Thank you so much to Thrill House. Uh, and he would like to promote the unofficial EZA Discord. From all of us on the unofficial EZA Discord, thank you to everyone who ever helped contribute to Patreon and helped us reach the 50k goal. Let's keep up this momentum and get these boys a studio, which has is, is in the process of happening. Yeah. Which is crazy and scary. Great! But scary. Does anyone know what that name is a reference to? Uh, so this, well, he has a Simpsons icon, so I would assume the Simpsons. Yeah. Not, I'm not a Simpsons expert, oh. unfortunately. Uh, so it's that one game, Blood Something, yeah. uh, that everybody wants. Everybody oh. wants this this very violent video game. Uh, Bart gets the, the golf game anyway. But <laughs> yeah, uh, Millhouse right. gets it, and it's like, what is your name? And he wants, tries to enter in Thrill House, yeah. but there's not that many characters, so it's just Thrill Ho. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. All right, are we ready to play a dumb game? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So again, it's going to be yes or no. Did we do this? Did we not do this? Just yes or no to keep it simple. Okay. Okay. First one. Did we do it or did we not? Top 10 axes. No. Correct. Brad's on the board with one point. Wow. I'm um, just trying to think the ones that I was there for. Yeah, I think I got like two years on Brad, just for everybody's reference. I but was at- I worked closely on these, though. Um, yeah. I do so want to... Sure, we're like sure. even now. I do want to... Clarify this a little bit. I tried to do as much research. I think some top tens are lost to time. Yes. There was a big playlist on YouTube, and I used that as a reference. So maybe you might be able to dig out from one before that to contradict this. Sure. But in in my research, this is what I was able to find. Uh, So I don't believe we've done top ten axes. We'd have to go to the Chinese websites that ripped all game trailers (laughs) videos to find those. Uh, Next one. Top ten Mega Man weapons. No. No. Kyle is right. Nice. That's a good countdown, that's a though, good man. Countdown. R- write these down, dude. <laughs> Mega Man weapons. Yeah, that's great. They're written down. Uh, number three, top ten dogs. Yes. yes. Oh, Brad Dick gets it. We nice. did the dogs. We yep. had to do the dogs. I try to get Rusty on there. <laughs> Rusty just begs you for money. Yeah. I don't think I got him on there, but I think I got him on Shopkeeper. Wait, no. Oh yeah, you got I, him on one of them. I, number yeah. ten. Yeah. Yeah. Footage of yeah, Rusty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was for Shopkeepers. What a weird game that was. <laughs> yes. It was. Holy cow. All right, top ten jerks. Yes. Yes. Oh, Brad, Brad. fast, dude. Oh. Come who on. The, who was number one on that? Um, we had the thumbnail for it is just Trevor, and I was like, really, guys? I don't remember. I don't even remember doing this. Weekly countdowns. Yeah. Pump them out. There were some. There were some stickers <laughs> on there for sure. So uh, my guess for jerks is that it was a holes, and we like censored ourselves. Yeah. I don't think we started with a list of like, let's do top 10 jerks. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I think we did top 10 a-holes and then someone's like, we shouldn't put the That's word a-holes in there. That's why trailers died. Yeah. And it's so funny. We talked about this during the countdown meeting that like views wise, some of our most successful countdowns were <laughs> where we were the most aggressive yeah. and clickbait. Games yes. that effed us, right? Top 10 games that fucked us yeah. and top 10 franchises that deserve to die. Oh yeah. man. And that has like the heat. 5.5 upvotes and like 5.6 thousand down votes no regrets on us <laughs> just no regrets on that make them hate yeah, no you, regrets. I guess. get the views no regrets all right get them mad uh number five so we've got three to one here and uh, brad's favorite top 10 crowdfunded games oh no yes brad is right it's a we yes did do that ew 
I remember that. What a weird list to do. We yep. were doing one every week, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, let's do anything. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Fair enough. Like, that's something I like the worst one we've done. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Top ten ways Nintendo can step it up. No. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah, we did. We did that. Oh, Neither one of you get a point. Neither one of you get a point. Did that have a lot of views? Step it up. Uh, I didn't look at the views, but I, I, say could, that's good. I couldn't believe that title. That's good, though. Yeah. It's good for clicks. Step Top it ten up. ways Nintendo can step it up. Yeah, Needs we did to. that. Needs, Needs to, to step, step it up, up. would have gotten more views. All right. Uh... Number seven, the last one. Sorry, Netflix just recommended me Arrested Development. Oh. Threw me off. Okay. Well, where have Arrested yeah. Development, Netflix? Good, a 7.5. What's that? Good. Season five. I haven't seen season five. Oh, yeah, is that out? I haven't seen it. I en- I've enjoyed what I've seen of Arrested Development. Cool. Anyway, uh, number seven, top ten beauty boys. No. No. Correct. But uh, that goes to Brad, who... Pretty, destroyed me. Pretty destroyed. I, I worked very closely on these. Yeah, we did do true. top ten hunks though. Yes, we also did top ten man babes. I believe was oh, okay. The, so the it was man babes that we did. We did, we did not do beauty boys, but we did man babes. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to throw mm-hmm. you off there. Beauty with, boys, yeah, but I don't think Jones would have let that fly back then, dude. Too close to the Ian scale. Beauty oh, boys. I think he would have let. I it think fly. Jones embraced mm. beauty boys. In blood. No, blood, I, I'm like, I couldn't tell if that was explicitly mandatory update fans. The beauty boys. I thought that's what it was. You tell me, you're the one who was on it all the time. It was either that or all Easy Allies fans were beauty boys. I think it was both. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly, man. It's it was confusing. Both now. Yeah, it's both now, for sure. Yeah. If you love Easy Allies, you're a beauty boy. We don't know what to do about it. That's just part of who you are. It now. is, yeah. man. Yep. Are we beauty boys? Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, I'll watch our stuff sometimes when I'm on vacation, you know? Oh. I'll, like, I'll like, check in on a stream. I become I'll be, a beauty I boy. I watch the reviews a lot. Oh. I watch your reviews. Yeah. Okay. So just if you watch us at all, no matter who you are, you're a beauty boy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I kind of miss the, the beauty boy verbiage. Beauty boy. It had a charm. Yeah, that is how Ian would do it. Beauty boy! Yeah, yeah! Yeah. Bring back the old stuff. Okay, thanks for playing my dumb little game. Yay. We're moving right on into the Hotake, which we I don't think we've ever done immediately after I caught in a frame trap Wait, do I get to break out? Oh, shit! Brett, I have forgotten the breakout before. He's ready, too. He's which is a heinous crime. He's ready to go. Oh, my God. uh, Brad! Since we're talking to you, Haka Show, dude. Spirit gun! There we go. Nice and quick. Brad, Hmm. I destroyed the hype on your breakout, and I'm sorry. That's okay. That is bad to do. Quick transition, baby. I like that you went for one of the later stage spirit guns yeah. too, the ones that really drain them. Because I, I just remember, like, I remember the gesture, like yeah. that. But like at first, it's like, Pew! yeah, you know, it's like the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a cool, cool yeah. weapon, Brad. That is a that is a failure as a host. I'm sorry. We we got there, dude. That's we part got of the the panel's duty to also help the host. because uh, we're all in a unit together. That is the second time this happened. Nice shot, Urameshi. <laughs> hey, cool, Urameshi. <laughs> <laughs> I got this dumb sword. Um, it was awesome. That's a good show. It is a good show. <laughs> Kumbara, dude. I uh, <laughs> was struggling to think of a hotake, mm. and okay. uh, it came to me in a flash. Something that we refer, we say a lot, but I really want to take us through a list and challenge us. And the, the title of this hotake is, Does It Hold Up? Ah, nice. I thought it was going to be Best in the Biz. 
We say a lot of things. We have a lot of phrases. Yeah, that could have been anything. Dopamine. Yeah, but one of the things that we say is, does it hold up? And I have a list of games, and like, we can throw things in there, we can take things out. For some of these, if you're like, I don't really feel qualified to say whether or not it holds out, that's fine. This is just to get the conversation rolling uh, with things that have generated, at one point or another, a lot of acclaim or recognition or whatever. They're beloved. I vow to not say maybe on any of these. Okay. Cool. I will Heart make stance. a, I will I make like a stance on all of these. That makes it Heart more stance. interesting. Yeah, you have my vow. Banjo-Kazooie. Holds up. Yes. Yeah. Holds I, up. I started this out with an easy one. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. But I played this last year. I played I, this last year. I played through it this year. Yeah. Um, oh. Absolutely it does. Uh, why does it hold up, Kyle Bossman? So, uh, the environments are... It, I, you would call it a 3D platforming game. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, th- collect-a-thon. Yeah, there's not a lot of ton of like floating platforms and things like that. It is just the environments are interesting to navigate through in a 3D yeah. space. There's just there's hills and peaks and nooks and crannies and things height and, and depth and just it's a whole world to explore and it just feels good to hop around in it. And the transformations yep. like add to that in specific zones like yep. when you get the bee one you're flying around the trees or whatever and then you get the walrus sliding around dude. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, it's Because it's so fun getting new forms in every world. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's some like the puzzles are even cool like getting the puzzle pieces like they're the the treasure one and the pirate bay or whatever like that's the treasure chest where you slam on the the letters and stuff like that it's yeah. awesome egypt level is my favorite dude just going into temples the egypt level is Aww. like perfect yeah it's so good um i also really like the snow level yeah quite a bit as well mm-hmm. uh you have the races you go up the snowman it's really good um yeah i i am right there with you on all those positive opinions uh Another thing, you, you collect a lot of stuff in yeah. Magic Kazooie. You got puzzle pieces, you got music notes, you got Jinjos, yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. Jinjos. Jinjo. Um, and you have other things the as well. Combs or, or just that's health. just right. health. Yeah. Um, but I feel like each Pages. level. Pages is. Yeah, uh, ukulele. Oh, well, you get some pages that give you cheat codes. Oh, I don't remember that. But you're right. I think Pages, pages is, is the word from ukulele. Yeah. But there's Pages. Okay. You find pages and then you bring them back right, to that book. Right, right, He's like, oh, yep, here's yep, a yep. cheat code for you. Uh, but anyway, what I'm trying to emphasize in these levels with these these multiple things that you have to collect um, is I feel like the levels are big enough that it is fun exploring and yes. kind of slowly uncover it, but they're not so big that I was like, oh my God, like uh, I, I'm not looking forward to the next level where I have to do this all over again. Yeah. Like it's, it's tight enough where I... I Kept having fun getting everything time and time and time again. Yeah, you don't have to switch Kongs like five times like you do in Donkey Kong 64 also. Um, And also just like you get the the Kazooie run that makes you super fast and simple. (laughs) And you get the boots too where you can can run in the swamp. Oh, so good. Yeah. (laughs) The swamp, I don't hate the swamp. Definitely not my favorite area in Banjo-Kazooie. Love the ghost house, dude. The the alligator minigame. Was yeah. tough for me. Is it musical? Um, no, the one where you have to like eat the right things and not the others. I when it became easier alligator. once I got the speed shoes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, one thing I definitely don't like about Banjo Kazooie, and I feel like some people love this, is the, the, the quiz. No, the quiz game at the end. Well, the worst. I, okay. Absolutely. Here's I the thing. really don't like Imagine it. I don't that. think it's fun. I think, I think it's, it's just okay annoying. because you go through the whole game and you could kind of like. It is kind of like a weird thing, but it's. It's doable because you play through the whole game. Unlike ukulele, though, it drops you on that, like, the second world. 
So you beat one world and you go to the second one, they're already doing a quiz show on you. I'm like, who the hell is anyone in this game? And but like ukulele comes back to the quiz multiple it's times, just, right? It's stupid. Oh. Too much. You know what people really loved about Banjo Kazooie? You what know what they really love? The quizzes. Some people did. Because there's one. No. I feel like there are definitely <sighs> people out there that love that quiz. There are. Look, I had it to was fight with them in chat. super unique for the day, or like when it came out, but I could totally see people hating it. Absolutely. I have no problem with Kyle hating it. It's the dumbest thing. I, like, I kind of see where they're going with it, where it's like, hey, we included her sister all throughout this game, mm-hmm. but... I guess when I was going through it, I was like, I didn't realize that I have to remember all of this. Yes, and you the, get, like, the answers. No hint. Yeah, it just—it's really it just yeah. was, like it's kind of weird. Right at the end of the game, it kind of felt like this huge. It's it's like a you're grinding to a halt. Yes, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, there. and it's a funny way uh, to show how much you think of yourself when it's just like, which level had this tune? Right. And it's like, I'm supposed to remember the stupid dumpy names of your levels. Like, oh well, that one was Grunchy Grindwald. You know, it's just yeah. like. Don't. That's rare. Being, being too cute, rare. Too cute. Yeah. Too proud I, think of it, I do think it was a little. Too yeah. Cute. Get over yourself. Maybe if like the character, if Gruntilda was like, if it was like she had a passion for quiz shows. Yeah. And that's established earlier on. Maybe then I could accept it. But out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Why do I have to play by the rules of this quiz game? Why does she even make it? Just beat her up. Why Banjo? is there a, a state in which I could succeed in this game? Why would she even build this? Hey, Kyle. At least it's better than nuts and bolts. All right. Yeah. Still, not, to, yeah. uh, not to suck the wind out of all this fire, but uh, yeah, Banjo's still a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that holds up. Um, As the game says, holds the up. The Gruntilda fight at the end, the very final, like, that is a hard fight. That's actually a really hard and fight. And I love the different phases that it takes you through. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, okay, next game on the list. I don't think this one's going to be quite as easy, or maybe it will. Sonic Adventure. Doesn't hold up. No. As much as I wish it did, it doesn't. Just doesn't play great. Some it's like just the, really uneven. Some of the campaigns just like suck. Like Big Cat campaign sucks. I don't yep. care what anyone says. Big Cat's campaign sucks. Yep. The robot one's pretty damn boring. Like Sonic's is fun. For I was thinking about it this morning. I don't remember Tails' campaign at all. I remember the plane. Isn't he like in a? Here's the cool suit? thing about Sonic Adventure. Or is that just in two? No, that's two. He he uses the plane, but in one he like go around as Tails actually. The best thing about Sonic Adventure is the open world aspect. How you can go to like the town, then like the ruins, and kind of just run around and stuff like that. But the levels, I don't know how great a lot of them hold up, especially the other characters. There's also uh, we we revisited it when we did the Dreamcast stream. Two. We had all, no. We did one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, Sonic feels real loose. Yeah, man. he doesn't feel good. Felt good like back loose then. Loose in a bad way. But yeah, it does not. Yeah, it does not hold up. Unfortunately, if I wish it did. You are feeling a hankering for Sonic Adventure. Put your preconceptions aside and go ahead and play Sonic Unleashed. Have a good time. Holds up. So our our definitive ruling is Sonic Unleashed holds up. Yep. Sonic Adventure from all three panelists definitely not. Yep. Just Sonic Mania. All right, her Sonic Mania man <laughs> holds up. One year later, holds, holds up. up. We need some. Uh, we need some disagreements in here. Okay. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. <sighs> Ooh, I will say no. I'll say holds up with cheat codes. <laughs> okay. The thing is, I think you could play Grand Theft Auto Three and have a good time, but if given the option, which I would always have, 
like even just between Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, I think I would almost always, if not always, pick Vice City or San Andreas. Yes. Yeah. And so I guess that doesn't really mean that 3 doesn't hold up, but... Well, think about, like, the stuff you do in the game, actually. Like, yeah, the world's cool, and, like, driving's fine, but, like, the missions are, like, whatever. The shooting's real I think bad. some of the missions are not... Yeah, like, they the shooting's not real up. bad and yeah. stuff like that. It's just like, Ugh. That's why you put the cheat codes on. Yeah, but you can... So you're invincible, like, like, don't ben worry about it. said you can play the other ones. Yeah. Like, it, it's still a good game, but I just, like, I would, I'm making the call, dude. I'm saying no. Sorry, Jones. Yeah, I guess unlike Banjo Kazooie, it has been bested, and so yeah, I'm I'm com- comfortable with yes. saying uh, doesn't hold up. You convince me. I it's so weird to me that like Banjo Kazooie was a very core part of my childhood, and I still love Banjo Kazooie now, and I had a great time playing through it. I this day have not touched Banjo Tooie. And I feel oh. like people don't talk about Banjo Tooie. Like it's my own dumb fault for not playing Banjo Tooie. I accept that. But I don't see the same reverence or nostalgia for Tui. Oh, uh, let me tell see you. It. I didn't even know Banjo Tui was out when like it came out. I was like, wait, what? Banjo Tui? I think it was late. Yeah, like dude. I didn't have any like Nintendo power back then, or really the internet. Gotcha. And I was just like, wait, there's a second one? Huh? That's interesting. It's okay. a very bad title, by the way. <laughs> Again, too cute. Too rare. cute. Rare. Too cute. I really like the title. <laughs> I think it is perfectly cute. Hey, okay, so Grand Theft Auto 3, we're kind of all in agreement that like, we can do the cheat code thing in other games and that they're better games. So does that mean Grand Theft Auto 3 does not hold up? Doesn't hold up. Okay. We're making the call, dude. So we have Banjo-Kazooie holds up. Hell yep. yeah. Sonic Adventure does not. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 3 does not. Goldeneye. Doesn't hold up. Ooh. I think the multiplayer holds up. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think the multiplayer is still a lot of fun. See, I, I always get really excited for, and less so since we have has Easy Allies and mm-hmm. Game Trailers visited a couple of times. Less so now, but I remember like the first time that we did it, where mm-hmm. we all got together and played Golden. I was like, "Oh man, like this is really framey, and the fights are super awkward because of the controls." <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't have as good of a time yeah. as I thought I would have for sure with you guys. Yeah. I, th- oh. I still think there's fun to be had, but it was a lot less than I expected. I forgot about the like the the higher rank you do, the missions change. Yeah, that's I, yeah. so cool. So level design, I think, is actually really good in that game, and that would be the thing that holds up. Yeah, uh, just watching Jones do a playthrough of it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Did he do a full playthrough? Yeah, he, that's nice. Huber, so, Huber started the full playthrough and couldn't beat it. He got like messed up at the warehouses, <laughs> the wharf. <laughs> And oh, then Jones had to like step in, second try, got it. <laughs> I remember yeah. as a kid, control was the bane of my existence. Do you remember where like Natasha goes out and you have to defend her and like dudes are pouring oh, in from all like, sides? On the that yeah, mission yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. D- annihilated me. Yeah. Couldn't handle it. I'll say yeah, just for those reasons. Okay. So you think up. there's enough in there that it yeah. holds up? I think it's still fun. I'm going to say it doesn't hold up, but worth a look uh like historically for historical reasons but yeah you know i don't know if you're gonna have too much fun playing through that game on the first try so i guess it comes down to like what our qualifications are because i'm kind of with you i haven't played the single player in a long time but i think there's enough going on there that i'm kind of leaning on the side of yes yeah i agree that the multiplayer doesn't and so when you're split like this how do you evaluate it for something that holds up does it kind of need to be a complete package through and through i don't know for me it's like i could play through this game again and have fun 
Kind yeah, of thing. I guess if either of them is fun, it should hold up in some aspect, right? Like you're playing a game and you're having a good time. What what does it matter if one of the modes isn't fun? The only thing in those, I have the Huber effect, which oh, could yeah. be a cheat code. Yeah, the Huber, the Huber effect, effect is, is a cheat, cheat code. Cheat on life. Codes, so. A lot yeah. of things hold up if you got the Huber effect. Yeah. Right. By the way, uh, uh, earlier Brad said the Michael Huber syndrome, yeah. and I realized that should be the name of his show. The it's Michael a, Huber syndrome. It's a way better title than Huber syndrome. Rebranding. Yeah, we're going to rebrand that. When we rebrand everything. The Michael Huber It's more intense in a way that fits, yeah. Yeah, and it's like kind of like a show that he's hosting. Right. Hi, welcome to the Michael Huber Syndrome. Welcome to the Syndrome. I'll bring it up. The Syndrome. <laughs> We've got a meeting. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're actually flipping a little bit here. GoldenEye does hold up. For me. From all three of us. I'm going to say doesn't hold yeah, up. Okay. No. Watch a playthrough. Okay. <laughs> watching, Ooh, and watch playing a playthrough. Are, watching and playing are different things. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so we got two and two and one. Uh, I don't know. It's okay, man. We gotta make the cuts. Oh, man, I remember that multiplayer really bumming me out just because of how much time so, I spent. You could say no, then. That's I don't fun. Know. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come back to it. Okay. I do think saying maybe is bullshit, like Kyle said. Yeah, I can't say maybe. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna definitively say not hold up. Okay. Two to one. Hard on yes that. or hard no only. Okay. Does not hold up. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. <sighs> Whoa! Are we talking original? Original, original? Or a remake. Cause, I was kind of okay. lumping them together. My experience but... with these games is pretty much mainly the the remake, remaster one. Yeah. And I'm going to say no. Because those hitboxes are suck. Doesn't hold up. Okay, Brad's, Brad's talking about the hitboxes. We got Kyle, like, stealth assassin not, over here. Not proud to say it. Not proud to say it does not hold up. That, that hurts, yeah. Give me, give me the deets. Uh, Did I say deets? You yes, said you deets. Don't, don't let me say that. Uh, the, the deets are, as such, uh, <laughs> Three segment. not enough level variety, uh, just stupidly You're hard right. levels. right, so many levels are the same thing. Yeah, uh, some of those levels are just wrong, hard for the wrong reasons. Um, and Crash Bandicoot's girlfriend is weird. <laughs> what is her name? Is it... I can't stop learning this. Crashula. <laughs> I th- I'm thinking Candy, but that's Donkey Kong. No, that's Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, can't remember. Really, I don't want to remember that name. Now I'm thinking with a P? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, yeah. uh, the difficulty is actually a really interesting point that you bring up because I compare it to something like Hollow Knight where like, I consistently had points of getting my ass kicked and was having an amazing time. Yeah. Obviously, they're different styles of games, of course, so it's not a totally fair comparison. But I felt like with Crash... Frustrated for the wrong reasons is interesting because I do agree that some of the things just it's the camera a lot of times for me where I'm in a position where I feel like I'm jumping to something and it's like, oh, I didn't realize there was that threat there and I died and it just feels bad because it's like, wait, I didn't know it was going to be here. I also think running toward the camera sucks. Like, I just don't they think know. it's good. They know. Um, it sucks and they loved it. And they were like, is it- isn't this fun how much this sucks? <laughs> People are going to die so many times. Like They loved it. That was their design. Oh, that's funny. Um, we're handing out awards for games that don't hold up. I'll say main theme holds up of Crash yeah. Bandicoot. But that's it. Yeah. I think it's really frustrating with Crash because that game has so much charm, like the way the boxes yeah. fall on you, the masks. Yeah. It gets better. I mean, yeah, Crash Bandicoot 2 is a good game. Crash Bandicoot 3 is a good game. Talking but we're yeah. saying, yeah. all three of us, as a panel, Crash Bandicoot 1 does yes. not hold up. Yeah. I feel the hate upon us. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the last one that I have on this list 
good heel heat. The original Tomb Raider. No. Control's bad. Doesn't play well. Frustrating. I've only played a demo of the original Tomb Raider. And it was sick. Holds up. There you go. Ooh. All I remember, Ben, is being on the bottom of a cave and there's like a huge tube you have to climb up. Mm-hmm. And then there's a surface with a tiger who will attack you. And it was super hard to climb that cave, really hard to get up there, and then the tiger would kill me. <laughs> Do you feel like it was hard to climb up that cave because it was actually an interesting challenge or because it controlled like ass? The the first one, because it's not like, oh, there's specific ledges you can grasp onto and then you just hold back and press X to jump onto the right. next ledge. It's like you kind of had to... I guess like how a direct comparison to mountain climbing is like you have to find spots where you can grab onto and have footing. Um, that is a loose memory of a 13-year-old, so like who knows if that's like accurate. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go out on them and say holds up. Okay. In that like it's still a unique thing that is, I mean, it's obviously been surpassed in this instance, but it's still like unique for what it is. What do you mean? Um, Like it has dinos in there, dude. What? Dinos. There's like four Tomb Raider games on old Tomb Raider games. There's, there's like three on PS1. All right, let's be real. It doesn't hold up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real. Don't I'm be also dealing yeah. with very loose memories of Tomb Raider, and I feel like Tomb Raider 1 is the one that I've played the least by a lot. I feel like I've just barely messed around with it. So I'm also kind of relying on memories of Tomb Raider 2 and Tomb Raider 3 and that sort of thing. And I kind of get where you're going for, where there's this uniqueness to Tomb Raider, and I do sort of agree that there's kind of an appeal of having to navigate this really difficult environment and the game not doing it for you. Uh, Like, you really got to make sure every step is pretty precise. But, like... The way that she turns, That's like having game. to like perfectly position yourself to pick something up, it's like, I think every single part of it is a little bit too much of a struggle from what I remember, and so I'm going to say it doesn't hold up, but out of everything on this list, that would be the one I'd want to challenge myself the most on and go and revisit mm-hmm. and give it a sure. chance. Sure, let's do it. So. Just to clarify, we don't hate any of these games. No. In case anyone's freaking out, getting that heel heat. It's yeah. just a podcast yeah. where some dudes have wide-ranging opinions. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes justified, sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was my list just to kind of get us going. Cool. Are there other things that we want to talk about that we feel strongly about? I imagine that it would probably come from a place of not holding up. Half-Life 2. <laughs> it's been forever since I've played Half-Life 2, but that bothers me that you said that. <laughs> Just trying to rabble rouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't Half Life Two hold up? The things that like lick you, the things that they're in this, they're in the ceiling, they're on the roof, and there's just like a long tongue picks you yeah. up and licks you. I think those things are horrifying. Yeah. Ugh. Those things like haunted me. I was like scared to go into areas with them because of how much they affected me. Yeah, it's just funny like how much like uh, there's still some dumb video game elements in there to me, like that enemy. That enemy type is like a dumb video game idea as opposed to like a thing that would be horrifying mm. in this world. Speaking of Valve, I wonder if I don't know. Team Fortress Two holds up. I want to say yes. People are still playing it, dude. But, oh I mean, yeah, I would. I would lean toward I would hope, yes. Uh, yeah. I want to say yes. Well, it's it's weird because it's not the same game it used to be. You know, right? Yeah, I, I haven't played it in years, but yeah. I played it like I played it like years after it came out, still too. So let's say like the orange box version on Xbox 360. Does that hold up? No, no. On a console, no. 
come on. I feel like at the time it didn't hold up. <laughs> no, it sure. didn't. <laughs> uh, but I played some Team Fortress 2 on 360. Yeah. yeah, play that. Play, that play how PC. you got to play. Um, with Half-Life 2, I remember one of the biggest complaints that I would often see for Half-Life 2 is that like sections would drag on too long. And again, it's been forever since I've played through Half-Life 2, but I remember totally not agreeing with that. Like I was just sure. immersed in Half-Life 2 and I appreciated everything that it was doing and like I cared about that world and the people within it in a way that I usually do not with shooters ever. Did you play when it came out? Yeah, I did. Okay. I played when it came out. Yeah. I played it a couple years later for the first time and I was like, "Yeah, it's okay. That's fine." But that was it. Like man, not bad, not great. I mean, it was like it was fun, but I I didn't like I don't like look at Half Life like other people look at Half Life. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But See, like, I didn't, I didn't play through Half Life One right away. It took me a number of years to get to Half to Half Life One, and I remember when I did finally get to it, I adored it. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of expectation going into Half Life Two, and I just remember it exceeding those expectations and caring so much that I like. Do you remember those experiences with games where it was so perfect for you in that moment that you just like don't want to revisit it? Oh yeah, for to, sure. To mess with those memories, sure. absolutely. And so yeah, like yeah. it's it's hard for me to disagree with you. Maybe I could play through it right now. Uh, but I think we're in the minority usually on this one. It's also one of those things where I think the highs are so high mm-hmm, that like sure. I mean like Ravenhold's awesome. Right, right. The Walking Dead season one. Never played it. Damn, I really loved Walking Dead season Damn. one. Damn. The only thing that I loved that approached that was Wolf Among Us. It might still be good. Hmm. It might still be good. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm going to say, it doesn't hold up. Oh. <laughs> what doesn't it... <laughs> Blindly. Didn't play it. <laughs> Don't desire to. <laughs> you were exactly the right person to bring on to this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to play that right now? Who's going to load up Walking Dead Season Not 1 me. from Telltale? Someone in the comments. Sure. I played it last week, had a great time. It's like, all right. Get real, Kyle. Holds up for you. I guess the thing that I would worry about is there are so many kind of similar stories to what Walking Dead is presenting now that came out after Walking Dead that maybe it would lose some of its power mm. and maybe just the idea sure. of choice and Clementine and remembering things, maybe that is not as novel as it once was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think about some of those moments with Lee, though. I'm going to say holds up. Mm-hmm. Turok. Doesn't hold up. No, Easy. I no 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 no. They Easy. they released this up. on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played this like I played Turok One, and I did not play Turok growing up, so it was very fresh to oh, me. Okay, and it told I had a hell of an amazing time with Turok One. Whoa, I had a blast. I am kind of partial to shooters from that era uh-huh. where you're like going around getting collecting stuff Key and cards. shooting enemies in that way. Uh, but no, I had a great time with Turok One. Wow. I'll tell you what, yeah. though. I only played on N64, the OG. Okay. And it uh, yeah, did I was not control well. I was playing ran, a souped-up version with two, two analog bad. sticks. Bad. Yeah. I'm not defending the original N64 version, just the version that fun. I played on Xbox. Played I had a great time. That's good. That's In fact, good I want to play more Turok One. I played it a little as a kid, but not beyond that. Oh, no, I did. Uh, so they re- they released that on Xbox. Yeah. So I played a little bit of that and had a good time. Heck yeah. Uh 
Two is awesome. The level the design, at least in the beginning of both those games, was very different in a kind of a cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if two holds up, but I liked yeah. it back in the day. No, I had a great time. Want to play more Turok. Thank you for bringing up Turok. Bring him back. Hell yeah. Uh, Turok. What else do we got? Let's let's burn some more stuff. The Witcher 3. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just playing around with that yeah. one. Yeah, oh, you're just joshing. <laughs> hmm. We love too easily, I think. Jet Force Gemini. No. Doesn't hold up. I think that's in Rare Replay, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I gave it a shot and yep. just had a miserable time. I loved that game as a kid. Me both too. the single player and the Me multiplayer. Too. I loved it. I does not hold uh, up. Gauntlet Legends. I haven't... I, I don't know. I have no idea if it holds up. Doesn't hold up. Okay. I'll say no also. I think that game's just like stupid hard. I, I never really like Gauntlet. It's an arcade game. Yeah, the idea is just like throw enemies on you. It's just like mm-hmm. the old arcade game. It's just mm-hmm. like here, deal with hundreds of enemies. Not my kind of thing. Silent Hill 1. Doesn't uh, hold up. I played it for a countdown at GT one time. I remember thinking it was just real rough. Like, rougher than I remembered. What was rough about it? Just the movement. Just playing it, it looked kind of bad, too. I was like, ugh. Like, the story... Like, so there's cool things about Silent Hill, like the story and everything like that. I don't know if the gameplay holds up. So, I'm going to say yes, but also agree with you, because I do think controlling it and just visually, you know, from the unfortunately the time it came out... Maybe doesn't hold up, but I think the story is interesting and well-presented enough still mm-hmm. that it'll pull you through. There's enough there, is what yeah. you're saying. Cool. Yeah, yeah, You know what game I can't imagine playing today that I was enamored by is The Lemmings. Oh, Yeah. Man. I mean, I haven't thought about Lemmings since, lemmings. like, childhood. I'm yeah. going to say just no on all accounts. Yeah. It's so funny to think of, like, having the patience to, like, watch them go over there and then mm-hmm. just, like, one guy's pick, like, has a little pickaxe and then they all die and it's like, well... I'll try this level again. I love watching these lemmings. And I think that's it. I think that there's a certain level of spectacle that the lemmings had at a time. Uh, we're just, you, just watching your video game used to be a blast. Uh, it still like is. like PS1 era, dude, with CG cutscenes. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, CG cutscenes used to be... Like, huge deal. Yes. Yeah. Like, have a save file near a CG cutscene so you can watch whenever you want it. <laughs> I, I remember a presentation in seventh grade where I was just like uh, showing what the PlayStation was capable of and, <laughs> and showing the CG intro of Tekken 3 on like, you know, this TV. You know, yes, like dude. Yeah, that's so sick. And it's just like, this is what the PlayStation is capable of. And everybody was like, whoa, cool. Yeah. It's like, yes. That is something I miss from that time where like animated or CG interests or games would would like shake me to my core. Yeah. Which is a very dramatic thing to say, but I really was enamored with them. Like I still think about the opening to Sonic CD sometimes and how that hit me like a ton of bricks when I initially watched it. And like the opening to Tekken Tag Tournament did that for me as well. Like getting my PS2 and just seeing that CG opening for Tekken Tag Tournament. Yeah. Sick. And now you just watch them and you're like, ah, oh, skip. Like they just don't, they're too yeah. common now. Mm-hmm. They're not as precious. Mm-hmm. They're not as. Impressive. Huber hates him. He calls it a CG trailer. Uh, this is a softball, but I don't think Oregon Trail holds up. Oregon Trail? Yeah. I'll say no. Doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up. Uh, I'm sure there's a more like recent version that's like less random. I'm thinking of the Oregon Trail we played as yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard no. 
I had a friend who was really good. He could win every time because he had like optimized his path. I would just run out of ammo every time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you put a, you put a bunch of kids down and like it's like we're just gonna shoot buffalo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like families <laughs> loaded with food. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. that. We're out of ammo. Yep. Yep. We yep, don't got yep. enough space. Like, sorry, I don't care to keep my family alive. I just want to play this cool shooting game. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, I got one for you guys. Oh, let's go. Phantom Hourglass. Holds up. No! Holds up. Hard no. Holds up. I remember not liking Phantom Hourglass at the time I played it. I have not revisited it since. You know what I would love? I love. I would love if the boat parts actually meant something other than aesthetics. Like yes! If the both boat parts yes. had some sort of attributes or some sort of abilities. I know you get a cannon and that actually matters, but yeah, you just get a bunch of like boat parts that and don't matter. And the only cool thing about touch controls in both those games is tracing like something with your boomerang. That's it. That's um, it. What's the place that you have to revisit? The ocean temple or something. That that temple. The I mean, that's what everybody King. says, yeah. but it's true for me as well. Yeah, I thought sucks. that sucked. Yep. But Kyle, you say it holds up. Holds up. He likes lineback. Does well, every line does back. every Zelda hold up for you? Uh, no. Oh, oh, why don't you go on? Why don't you say some? Link to the past. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, you know what? I wasn't fishing for that, but I what should. Else yeah, you got? yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So really, if the link to the past doesn't hold up, Phantom Hourglass does not hold up. Yeah. Let's get. Let's be real. But like, link we, to the past be, does hold. Yes. Up. I'd be pushing it for Spirit Track. Spirit Tracks is a really good boss fight at the end. I really like a lot of best. One of the best themes. Yeah. Spirit Tracks is one of the best Zelda. That themes. train's dope. Yeah. Um, so the train is very jolly. Yeah. Spirit Tracks, I might give it to Zelda's an actual character in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Spirit Tracks holds up. Phantom Hourglass, I'm willing to lay to the yes, wayside, Brad. That's a Brad victory. Yep. We're ready to do some emails. Yes. yes. All right. So our first email comes in from Andrew, um, and I think it's very advantageous that you're both here because I think you're going to be able to offer different perspectives. The most exciting game that no one is talking about, according to Andrew. Oh, mm. Hey, allies, a huge game got announced at E3 last week that I feel is not getting the attention it deserves. That game is Fire Emblem Three Houses. I love Fire Emblem, and this game looks great. Epic army battles and huge castles and formations. What is your hype level on this game, and why do you think that it is not being talked about much after E3? My great hype level question. is a 10. Yeah, mm. great question. I think there was so many, like, we knew Fire Emblem was coming. I think there was a lot of just, like, games that kind of, like, blew us away. Yeah. Like, like Cyberpunk was, like whoa kind of thing like that like Sekiro for me was like huge announcement kind of thing like that uh I'm hyped on it I'm gonna buy it it's gonna be like my first fire emblem me too I think it's missing a hook it's missing a Doc Brown spider monster and then you see something a little more yeah yeah it's missing a thing that's like oh they're doing that that's what's different about this one yeah um so I don't actually like the the units too much the, the like, formations? The, the little armies that surround you once you zoom in. Oh, man, I love that. I think uh, it adds so much more to there's actually a big fight going on. Sure. Uh, to me, I always liked my characters. I liked my, my, my party, my small party doing operations and things like that. Yeah. And so I wonder if this is just going to be uh, like wars. Uh, I wonder if it... I don't know. That's what Damiani wanted, though, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like... It's like, uh, I don't know, you're just like, there's just regular people who just die in the war. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, there's a special people who wear special colors, and then there's the gray armored people who are just going to die. Mm. We will, they will never speak, and they will never be important. And we're, so like, I guess okay. that's weird to me. So you're saying like in the other Fire Emblems, everybody that you were seeing in battle, you cared about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of see where you're coming from with that. I I guess it'll de- depend on how it'll be used. I don't know. Um, another, I think in conjunction with your Doc Brown Spider Monster thing, and I think you're onto something there, uh, I think it visually underwhelmed a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. I expected it to look a little better, especially when they showed like the battle menu or the field or whatever. There were things visually I that like, I liked, uh, especially when they zoomed in. Yes. I thought it looked pretty solid, but I think for a first impression for people who maybe weren't necessarily already sold on Fire Emblem, it didn't wow them, and I think that matters. Sure. Yeah. It does. It totally does, and not even like the cutscenes. You know, not even like I, I don't. I don't know what an interesting thing that happened in the, the cutscenes. Um, do you think that that is something that's like maybe we kind of agree that it's not wowing people right now? Do you think that's something when we build up to release and we have explanation videos and we suddenly we eventually we have streams and YouTube walkthroughs and all of this nonsense that it will gain momentum? Or do you think we're kind of going to stay this way? What's it going to take for the hype? The hype will be created when you see like the upgrades, the unit upgrades. Yeah. And so it's like, well, now we have this new unit who's called like the Future Ninja. The Juggernaut. Yeah. The Future, the future Ninja. Ninja has access to the future and can pull weapons from the future. Uh, like uh, Really inspired by Bioshock? Yep. Yeah. Like something like that, Ben, where it's like, no, that's a stupid idea. Don't do that. No, it's at least getting people riled up. Sure. You know, it's at least something to get people excited in any direction. Um, Yeah, it needs a a new type of weird unit, a new type of weird map, a new type of weird uh, combat. Um, Final Fantasy guest job in the game. Yep. Black Mage in the game. Yes. Black Mage. Uh, They have Black Mages. But it's just like the... It looks like the black mage or skin or oh, something. Oh, so he's got the blue, the yeah, blue shawl yeah, yeah, and the yeah. yellow hat. Okay. Here's Cloud. Um, yeah. Our next one, it's an it's an ask Hogue topic, but we're gonna try to take it on. Okay. Uh, last week's E3 podcast, uh, you discussed game developers looking into streaming games, and the discussion quickly turned to some of the ramifications of game streaming. Good points were made. However, you never mentioned the most important aspect: who owns the game. With games as a service continuing to gain momentum, the days of owning a physical copy of a game, an actual solid visible item the developer and or third party cannot limit or take away, is disappearing. If you look at Steam's terms and conditions, when you buy a game, you don't own the game. You purchased access to the game. Access that Steam or the developer can deny at any point in the future, assuming I read it correctly. Some questions for Hogue are... Should the video game community be scared? What rights will gamers lose and what will we keep? And what happens when 5, 10, 20 years from now games die because their dedicated servers are taken offline? My fear is gamers aren't realizing the true danger of the situation, and by the time the gaming community comes together and we put our foot down, it will be too late. This is a tricky question because some of the games have changed where they require to be online. Like mm-hmm. an MMO, like it has to be. It has to be, cannot function any other way. So... It, it doesn't make sense for there. Like, I'm not worried about that. But, like, if you get a Scott Pilgrim situation where the games are gone, and it's a game that you, you probably should be able just to buy on a disc and play, yeah. then it's concerning. Uh, it's funny when you say that, like, when when they fi- the, the, the community finally bands together, uh, it'll be too late. Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen. Uh, sadly, I think the majority will never care enough. I think that... Because uh, they're always moving on to the next thing. Yeah. 
I think the people who care about the games that came out will always be a minority. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make things happen that minority. Uh, oh yeah, you know they, they 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 find ways to be able to play games that are discontinued, uh, and you can kind of count on them a little bit. But uh, no, I mean you're just you're just fighting against the disinterest of the masses, and that is an unwinnable war. Um, I I think for a lot of people, including myself. It's hard to care about the distant future when the good is now. And what I mean by that is the the Wii Shop. So there were a lot of games. Oh, yeah. A good number of games that I wanted to get on Virtual Console. And I remember saying, like, oh, I don't need to get it right now. I'll just get it later. Forgot about the the expiration date on getting Wii points to buy those games passed me by, and I can't now. That cool Castlevania game. Uh which one? Oh yeah, the, the WiiWare one. It's exclusive. Oh, the Wii, WiiWare. Yeah, the WiiWare one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Get it from Bloodworth. <laughs> I do have Rondo of Blood on there, which is nice. But nice. yeah, you Rebirth. Anyway, um, but yeah, I just took it for granted at the time because I was like, ah, oh, this is around right now. It's going to be around forever. I wasn't thinking about it, and yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of people are in that position. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of anger, I guess. When we were, or when the the Wii shop went down and you couldn't add points, like I, there, I don't remember there being an outrage, right? Because people had enough things to occupy themselves, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's all people care about is occupying themselves in the moment. Yeah. But is that good enough? Like, is that what we should settle for? Should we demand more? Like, I don't know what you want to demand. Like, do you want a physical copy of every single game, even if it's an online only game or something like that? Do you demand they keep I think your what servers he's saying, up forever? I think he's, what he's saying is digital or physical that you own the game. That it can't be taken away from you. It can't be denied it. But what I'm saying is like some of that doesn't even matter if the game, the servers aren't up. Like sure. Fortnite. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. what I'm saying. Like right. a, lot of, a lot of games now are online only kind of games and that won't even matter if the servers are down. But we're not just talking about online only games. We're yeah. also talking about anything. Oh, I know that. I mean, I personally buy all my games physical if I can because I like having that physical thing. Right. But uh, yeah, I feel like if you you there's people out there who are historians and collect physical a lot of stuff like that. But I think Kyle's right in the sense that a lot of people just don't care. There's always something newer to move on to, and they just kind of keep going with it. They don't really think about it. like a lot of people who buy games online probably don't think about like, hey, I might not have access to this one day. Like, do you buy a game on Steam and be like, hey, might not have access to this later? It's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, and I've spoken about it. Like, I'm one of the people who, like, doesn't care too much. Uh, to me, it's like, uh, it's weird. It's 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 like I don't buy movies. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't like to have this movie that I can return to any time. It's like I like to just rent a movie. And so, you know, like, I own some games and I download a ton of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm never going to play Earthlock again. I love Earthlock. I had a really right. good time. I'm never going to play that game again. Sure. And so, like, it, I'm just one of those people, those stupid, stupid people you're fighting against who it doesn't matter to, you know? It sucks. Yeah. A lot of games I'm okay with just, like, letting go. Yeah. Like, but it's really special to me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if I can, I will buy a physical. Maybe maybe you don't care to play Earthlock again, but how do you feel about, in the future, people playing Earthlock? Like, do you want there to be an avenue for others to have a good experience like you had? Right. The idea that... Somebody might listen to this podcast 20 years from right. now, go to find Earthlock, it's delisted. After yeah, the world so has been destroyed. Yeah, that's so they sad. Emulate. And, yeah. and the, all they need to find, they're seeking solace from the radiation and the monsters outside, and they just want Earthlock. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just emulate it then. What's the, I mean, what's the name of um shoot, I've, Limited Run? Yes, yeah. Limited Run Games. Yeah. It's Good really stuff. cool Limited Run is doing yeah. what limit they're doing. Um support Limited if you are one of the people who feels this way, support Limited Run. Uh if there's a market for it, it will rise and then mm-hmm. we'll they'll do what they can. You know what I mean? As Brad said, some games are just you can't stop it. But yeah, you're right. Uh what if Limited Run existed in this time of Scott Pilgrim? Well, it's Ubisoft. Published by Ubisoft. Yeah, so Bummer. I mean, yeah. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Our last email comes in from Alex. Uh, subject, is there a need or place for an Akira video game? Hmm. Hi, allies. I've recently gone through the entire Akira manga and rewatched the anime and was yet again reminded of how much I love this world. You can see so many facets of society and the Akira-verse and the themes that the manga and anime deal with are still very much pre- present and relevant today. Uh, so naturally, as a gamer, I tend to remember any good Akira video game, and I could not think of any. What do you think, Alice? Do we need a good Akira game? What would that game be? Who should try to make it? Or maybe a different game already scratches that itch for you. So, this is interesting, because I think it's not even like, uh, uh, we're, we're like making our own character, we're existing in the world, I think is the way to make this one work. I don't think you follow that story. Well, do you, do you need to characters. make it work, though? Do we need a good Akira video game, is what it's suggesting. Oh, No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Good movies normally don't need games. You know what yeah. I mean? Like uh, uh, Akira is a, is a story best told visually, um, whether that's manga or, or anime. But like, you don't need experience points and leveling up in between. Uh, I don't think that would enhance any part of it. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't games where that does enhance part of, mm-hmm. parts of it. Uh, but to force it into a story that already exists without that kind of thing. Uh, no, but like to use the world, yeah, I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I think for me, uh, what he's speaking to, loving that world and talking about the themes that are are still relevant, like just make a make something like that where you're getting the same sort of things. You're getting a world that you care about. You're getting themes that are worth presenting and and dissecting, but just make it its own thing so you're not fighting against not only your expectations of this thing that you've seen and probably liked, but, like, this monumental work. Like, it's no fun having a thing and all you're doing is comparing it Mm -hmm. to the experience of, like, this landmark film. Like, I I, I I would rather just have a game where it's like, okay, I'm not making that comparison all the time and I'm just able to play the video game and, and get immersed into it. Yeah, I think there are movies where it's just like, oh, that would make a cool game. Right. Uh, like Warriors. You know? It's like, oh, that's kind of a video game setup. This could work as a video game. They did it. They did it. Yeah, they did. And I was going to argue that maybe, like, time of the original thing versus the video game would yeah, matter. Yeah. But there was That's a lot of time matter. between Warriors the game and Warriors the yeah. movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, do you think it matters about developer? Like if a really prominent developer, a really highly respected developer... CD Product like, Red, so here's our next We're, we're making an Akira game. I'd be like, oh, oh this sick. Would, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. There's some you just trust. There's some you just like, yeah. oh, we, we know you're doing this for the right reasons. You have a creatively good idea. You're, you're going to nail this. Yeah. Yeah. You I, don't agree with that, we, Brad? I don't think we need one. I've never been like, I need an Akira game. Right. Nothing like that, but I'm with you guys and other other stuff. Cool. That's going to do it for this frame trap. Uh, if you would like to send an email, have us argue back and forth 
please email askeasyallies at gmail.com. That is the email address you can send it into askeasyallies at gmail.com. I had a follow-up question, Ben. Yeah. And it re- sorry, I, I remembered it was one of your your the mega sponsors, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Discord. Yeah. How do you even like get there? Right. That's a good question. Um, so what you can do is there are uh, invites that you can click on, and it'll basically be like, "Hey, do you want to get involved in this thing?" I will. That is a very good point that you bring up. If you're interested in interacting with the people on the unofficial Easy Allies Discord, I'm there a lot, talking about games and other stuff, and. Sometimes answering questions and that sort of thing. I will include a link to the uh, Easy Allies Discord in the description of this. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, we did that when we were promoting the Pokemon Book Club, and we had a lot of people <laughs> join nice. from that. Nice. So, yeah, grow that community if you want to hang out there. I lurked for a little while, and it was very intimidating. Mm. Is there's, like, one thread with a lot of activity, and then right. just, like, mini threads with not a lot of activity. It's weird. Discord's weird, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. I didn't really think about it that way. So there's something called the couch. Like everything is themed, not everything, but some things are themed after like Easy Allies stuff. And so there's the couch where it's kind of general discussion. You don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. And then there are specific things like there's the Pokemon Book Club where people are talking about Pokemon or there's like an anime channel. And, and maybe I guess if you're intimidated, start in one of those specific channels, kind of get familiar with the people there. And then if you want to jump into the couch where it's more general... At least you'll know, like, oh, hey, I know this person sure. that's familiar. Might be a good way to do it. But, yeah, I'm there. If you see me on there, feel free to say hi. Um, and I'll have a link to the description, link to that in the description. I'm glad Kyle brought that up. Um, but like I said, that's going to do it for us. If you would like to uh, see more of what we're about, go to youtube.com slash easyallies. We post a lot of things there. Reviews, previews. There's E3 coverage on there. There's weird shows. There's tabletop. Uh, there's a spoiler mode going up for Detroit that you've probably already seen because I forget that this episode is coming out weeks later. Shh, don't tell them, dude. But anyway. That's also Patreon exclusive. That is also Patreon exclusive. Uh, but that is just a $1 tier. And yep. so if you would mm-hmm. like access to the Patreon exclusive shows, like spoiler mode, like, uh, and for that reason, which is very, very fun if you haven't seen it, uh, that is just a $1 tier on Patreon. Check that out. Patreon.com slash easy allies. And until... Next time.